Hey there, need a lift? Pop on in. Welcome to the Dub Talk Taxi Service. Before you ride with us today, I gotta give you the whole spiel. The drivers of the Dub Talk Taxi Service may use strong language and content that may not be suitable for young passengers. So, guess if you got any kids, you might want to come in their ears or something. Also, the drivers will be discussing spoilers related to all the odd taxi and might spoil some other anime for ya. So if you don't want to hear us gab about all that, I'd say you're better off getting an Uber. Lastly, the views and opinions of the individual drivers and not those of the dump top taxi service as a whole. Honestly, not sure why anyone would really think that about a taxi service, but they're paying me the extra 10 cents an hour to tell you this, so... You know, if you got any problems with me, go take it up in management. Surprises don't want to take a taxi after all that. You sure are a strange one. Alright then. Where to? Hello, and welcome to Dub Talk, where a group of animals come together to get wrapped up in a crime drama and occasionally talk about English sounds for anime. Uh, anyway, I'm your driver for tonight, Jet the Walrus, and here in the passenger seat, we have Andrew the Skunk. Hey, I'm not that stinky. You sure about that? <laughs> okay, I might be a little stinky, but it's because I'm nervous, okay? Also, I just got back from a really good concert, and oh my god, she was so cute when she was dancing out there. It's like she did the moment of cute thing again! Like, ah! Nerd. Uh, Snaff the alpaca. I don't know this man. I don't know this skunky man. I, I would think he's cheating on me, but at this point, are we even dating anymore? She's very, she's very supportive of me and my decisions to support my favorite idol group. No, I'm not. <laughs> and we'll she's and... indifferent. She hasn't killed me yet. Yes. And, uh... At least you're not. At least you're not digging a giant hole in the backyard. On the backyard, that's the worst thing a boyfriend can do, apparently. <laughs> and uh, and lastly, we have the artist nor formerly known as Noah Clue the Porcupine. Oh no, no, Jet, no, no. That that was an okay intro, but we can do a little bit better. Andrew, oh, my man, no. give me a beat. <laughs> Tune that mic as you like, MC man. Dub Talk's here. We all got the plan. We're gonna do this podcast as we are able. Helium is the second element on the periodic table. So get in the taxi and we drive on away and sit your ass down as we came to play. Okay, you're done. <laughs> that was awful beatbox. <laughs> That was awful. <laughs> okay, 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 well, don't feel bad, though. The beatboxing would honestly worsen the rap. You know what? <laughs> you know what? The beatboxing was awful. The rap was great. Beatboxing was awful. <laughs> I just want a repeat of that A-Fest where, uh, who, who was it? Uh, Rico Fajardo brought him up on stage and said, Andrew, give oh me a beat. Oh, my God. And, yeah. um, uh, uh, Drop a beat, and he just failed so hard. <laughs> Why? Like I forgot. I suppressed that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Never again, baby. You can uh, we're off to a great start. Anyways, uh, anyway, my, my skills are less about beatboxing and have more to do with being part of a comedy duo or trio or quadru quad quad quadrangle podcast quadrangle. <laughs> That's what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, anyway, anyway, we're all gathered here tonight to talk about the dub to the surprise hit of 2021, Odd Taxi. The very big surprise hit. Yeah, uh, actually, I guess the real surprise here is that Crunchyroll actually went back to dub this because, uh... Yes! 
Because yeah. uh, back when it originally aired in spring of 2021, it received pretty much no promotion at all from Crunchyroll, despite being one of their co-productions. Which, I'll say this. On the one hand, yes, that is true. That they didn't really promote it. But on the same hand, I don't even think they realized what they had gotten. Yeah. And I don't think most people would have. Because my experience with Odd Taxi was during... Surprise, surprise, the Crunchyroll Awards, where it was mm. one of the trailers. It had a world debut, and they announced that they had the rights to a series called Odd Taxi. It just showed a taxi, a bunch of animals, and it starred Natsuki Hanai, and that Crunchyroll had it. Hayane. That was it. Natsuki Hayane. And that was literally all they showed about it. I was like, okay, that's... Neat. All I knew about it was whatever Jed talked. Whenever Jed talked about it, I knew nothing after the fact. <laughs> uh, and then we watched the English dub premiere at Anime NYC. Uh, <laughs> and here we are. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Say say for Noah. Everybody in this room was there for the worldwide premiere of the English dub's first two episodes at Anime NYC. Months before it actually aired. Months before it aired. Oh, and that's what I forgot. Yeah. And the first episode with increasingly poor audio technical oh difficulties but yeah thankfully they show managed to find an audience with some good word of mouth and when it finally got enough buzz i guess crunchy realized their mistake and decided to course correct so yeah. uh, the lesson today here kids word of mouth and proper promotion for your titles on streaming services is important uh you know that may not uh, may or may not be a mood given certain events at uh the big M lately. I also think, I also am of the opinion that assuming a title is going to be a hit is kind of short-sighted because sometimes you don't really know what you're going to get into and people talk when something's a big surprise that you don't see coming. So my my, my go-to example for this is probably Wonder Egg Priority because all people do is like, oh, it's a new Cloverworks thing and it kind of looks like KyoAni. Might be fun. And then you watch that first episode, then you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say Odd Taxi's even a bit more, like, under the radar surprise hit than even Wonder Egg. Oh, yeah, no. This this had... Wonder Egg, you could almost see that there was an appeal for. Odd Taxi's thing was like, okay, what is Odd Taxi? Okay, this kind of looks like a cartoon for kids, and it's... It's about animals that are just Japanese people, and it's a murder mystery. And more importantly, uh, on the production side of things, you mentioned Cloverworks being the thing that people knew about uh, Wonder Egg Priority. The production behind Odd Taxi is marketing yeah, people. Uh, PIC. Yeah, it, well, the, yeah. the people who did the animation is OLM, yes. So you're right, the studio uh, who did the work. Uh, oh, yeah, OLM, OLM. You know, uh, they do some other show with animals, you know, it's something people have never heard of. Uh, Pokemon or some such Oh, thing. really? Ah, uh, yes, my yeah. favorite Jamaican cartoon, Pokemon. Jamaican cartoon, That's, uh, uh, okay, uh, but yeah, it's OLM, OLM is a Pokemon studio. Huh, okay. Yeah, it is. Pikachu yeah, since say, the beginning, since the 90s. Pikachu saying, translated in Pika-P language, I may be out of PP, but I ain't out of options, as he pulls out a fucking revolver. I ain't out of PP. <laughs> yes. You think about what you just said. Context. So for once, Andrew was actually not doing a bit. That's just like what 
it's called. That's literally it's, what it's called, PowerPoints, PP. Yeah, for once, Andrew was actually not doing a dumb bit. I'm not making <laughs> an obvious wiener joke. That See, is the that's actual... where my brain defaulted. Is like, are you trying to tell me Pikachu's trying to pee? What are you trying to... <laughs> Pikachu's out of urine? Like, what the fuck? That's where my brain Fuck, fucking fake-ass Pokemon fan doesn't even know it's PP. Uh, anyway, you so... can sleep on the couch today. I love you. Nope. Ignore, what, what ignore you th- him, Jet. Just keep going. Ignore him. What? What do you think Odakawa evolves up to? What? What do you think his <laughs> next uh, evolution is? Oh, there's literally no. Ice... He has an evolution. It's human. <laughs> you know what? Fair he point. evolves to human. <laughs> they okay, all evolve to human. Sorry. Actually, is that a Pokey evolution or a Div- Digi evolution? Also, I can't. Anyway, we're rambling. Let Jet do his job. Yeah, so uh, anyway, Sorry. if you somehow, so anyway, if you somehow miss the boat on our taxi, first of all, I'm surprised you're here. Uh, you should probably go watch the show first. Second, like here's me, a, I knew nothing. Uh, second, here's a plot description from A&M. Uh, let's see, Hiroshi Yonakawa is an eccentric, resented, uh, 41-year-old taxi driver with no relatives, and who does not have much to do with others. He does have conversations with his customers, including a college student who wants to go viral, a nerd telling a secret, an unsuccessful comedian, a street thug, and an up-and-coming idol. These conversations lead him to a girl who has disappeared. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, so basically, come for the uh, animals, save for the surprising murder mystery. Yeah. Uh, I'll <laughs> say this, the setup and premise and description almost sounds like it would be episodic. Like, mm-hmm. it would be like, okay, Otakawa gets a new passenger, and then you hear about their life story. It's, and like, some... it's like a Kino's Journey Mushishi kind of thing. Oh, But as it turns out... It... Yeah, that's what I thought it was, too, before That actually is what I thought it was going to be, just based off the first episode, and then I got to, like, the end of the first episode, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is just an actual mystery. <laughs> it's just an actual mystery, yeah. turned murder mystery, turned conspiracy, turned con job? <laughs> turned bank heist? Turn, it, it's probably... Jet, I'm going to assume that the reason why you and I both had the same assumption about what the show was uh, before going into it is that uh, the people who have seen this were pretty good about keeping spoilers free, so the actual premise of the show never got leaked, which is good because... Oh, no, I watched it too while it was airing. Yeah, but still, like, even um, like on the production side, or, or I'm sorry, for someone like myself, who I didn't start watching the show until the dub was almost halfway finished about a month yeah. ago and basically marathoned all of it then. But I went into it assuming it would be, like you were saying, an episodic, these are the lives of the characters uh, kind of show. So I'm, gl- I'm glad that the collective anime audience was able to keep that under wraps oh, yeah, for us newbies. The internet likes to tell spoilers a lot. So it, it's, it's really nice that I didn't get spoiled. Because again, I didn't know nothing about this show either. And I only watched, like, the first two episodes of The Dub when we watched it at Anime NYC. And I'm like, okay, I'm down. This is interesting. It was my first time watching it, too, it because I heard Jet and everybody talk about it. And I was just like... Jet hyped it up so much. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and for, for good, good reason. reason. For good reason. But I think it legitimately was just like... I, I think I've hit that point where I'm less inclined to watch subtitle-only things as I've grown up now. I just don't have time. It's less about, it's less <laughs> anything against it, but at this point, I'm not that interested in keeping up with everything day and date, so I'm willing mm-hmm. to wait a little bit extra for a dub thing. Sometimes that mm-hmm. never comes, sometimes it never works out, but in this case, worked out quite well. 
So we can probably assume that this will be a shorter episode, right? Because it's, it's a pretty short uh, cast, so yes. we can um, uh, yes. don't have to spend too much time talking about Let's characters. Uh, and, uh, that's a wrap, boys. <laughs> I'm looking at the poster here. There's barely any characters on the screen. Yeah, this is a small uh, cast. Uh, unfortunately, this is a pretty big cast. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, yeah, there are a lot of moving parts on the show. Buckle in, folks. Yeah, a, a fair comparison. A fair comparison, if you're uh, slightly in the uh, in the know on anime, is if you've seen Durara oh, Ra, and you know not just how big the cast is, but also how the it's, multiple it's, characters yeah, interact yeah, with each other. Shit. Yeah, yeah. In terms of cityscape, it is the Durara in that sense, but like tone wise, it feels more like it's a Toshi Khan thing. I don't know. Which about is interesting because they. No, I, I get what you're saying. It, it does have a bit of the, um, not the scary part of Paranoia Agent, yeah, so, but yeah, the, yeah, so, yeah, uh, we're going yeah, to yeah, reveal the... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, not the scary parts necessarily, but more like some of the way it does social commentary and specifically the way it plays with... Social commentary, yeah. the way it plays with your perception of reality. See? That t- yes, yes. The the character who's being focused on is whose perception we are watching See, the story from. is the other day, Andrew actually asked me the question. He No, he didn't ask me the question. He's like, He's like Jet said that he that the uh, that odd taxi, like he kind of has like it seems like has some parallels some Satoshi Kon stuff. What do you think? I'm like, bro, I don't know if I could see that. But now I'm sitting here thinking about it, and we're bringing this up again. I'm like, fuck the fact we have Odakawa's special condition. <laughs> we're also dealing with an unreliable narrator now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And the dark underbelly of Japanese society in particular. Like, like this could not be written in America. Absolutely not. I, mean, I guess you could tweak it a little bit, but it... Yeah, the, the main central conflict, and uh, <laughs> more importantly, that uh, one of the plot points is that uh, uh, human services actually takes care of children, is something that could not happen in America. Okay, Andrew. Okay, Noah. Okay, Noah, I'm going to have to correct you a bit. Technically, it's not a human services. Technically, it's a Yakuza, but, you know... He's correct! Don't blood app. I'll take the Yakuza over American healthcare. Thank you very much. There is a there is some comment to uh, society here somewhere. All I right, don't we know. have been just rambling for fifteen minutes. Okay, okay, okay yeah, we okay, yeah, we. Nah, screw it. This is the meter. The meter has been this running no lo- this long. This is... Okay, we're getting charged by the minute. This is no longer tech. Okay. This is no longer dub talk. This is taxi talk. <laughs> we just keep going until we run out okay, of road. Uh, so as always, we'll start with the ADR staff for the dub. Uh, so on voice direction, we have Bill Millsap. And on the adapted script, we have Matt McFarland. Uh, Bill, Bill Millsap Woo! has directed Doug's present shows as the honor student at Magic High School, uh, Tokyo 24 Ward, and Jersey's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. And Mark McFarland is known more for his voice directing credits, but has done adapted scripts for such dubs as ReZero, Mob Psycho 100, and My, my Death Life is a Villainous, and Megalobox. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Mike McFarland, even though he's up. mostly a, a Texas native and Texas, Texas regular, I think he was one of the early ones to really, like, kind of bridge the gap between Texas and L.A., because he started, like, working on a lot of the script stuff. Most of it you mentioned, mentioned like Megalobox, um... Mob Psycho and a few others, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, yeah, it's definitely not his uh, for, uh, definitely not his first go around. He's also like done some uh, voice work over there, so oh, yeah. I guess he's kind of familiar. But yeah, so, but yeah, it was uh, definitely very. You know, we did a, we did did a good job with the script. This is a, this was not. I would say it's like a particularly hard right hard show to write for, but this show has a very kind of 
uh, kind of natural naturalistic quality to like a lot of the dialogue and stuff so that's a it's very conversational yeah and, and it's very it conversational natural. and that's a thing that can be tricky to get right and i think he did a really good job nailing that this this is a show where nobody got... stops talking everybody has something to say yep. and a shocking amount of one-off things that seemingly don't matter are Chekhov's guns waiting to come to play ten episodes later? So you have to be very careful all over about the place. All that shit. It's like, hey, did you think one of the critical plot points was going to be a fucking eraser? And who had it? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Also, yeah. There's also to think of. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was confirmed if he was if he was the one who did those necessarily, but. Uh, but if he was the one who had to write all of Yano's rap lyrics, that oh, he too, like, that, is, that is also an extremely complicated <laughs> thing to get. I'm right. about to say, kudos to Mike McFarland <laughs> if that he was the one who wrote all of Yano's lines. Holy shit! Like that's not only is that impressive to write. Okay, for everything the character Yano, because Yano is a character who speaks exclusively in freestyle rap in Japanese, but also in yes. English, yep. and they managed to. Ad- they, they managed to, keep to that. adapt that and keep that going very well, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, and as we'll mention, and as we'll mention later, Michael uh, Frost had to do all this for a show. He for a show, he's voice again. So the fact that he managed yes. to do all that is pretty impressive. So he was very intimately familiar with oh, this material. He had to be. Oh boy! And I think that intimacy with the show, the universe, and all of these characters at play absolutely shows and just comes across which also want to give major shout outs both to like uh mike mcfarland but also the original crunchyroll translator for this too because i'd imagine this was not an easy show to adapt in either language oh my lord yeah well, no show is easy to adapt, but the, the massive amount of hours needed to transcribe all oh, yeah. of this over shows that have less words per episode definitely deserves credit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, Bill's, and no. on the direction front, I think Bill's, Bill Bill Sound did a really good job getting the tone right, where that's like where a lot of the characters sound like really natural. They definitely sound like they're having pretty down-to-earth conversations and kind of and it really kind of helps to give the impression that this is just, like, taking place between real people. Yeah. And also, at the same time, making a character like Yano somehow, like, fit in naturally with this world, which is pretty impressive in its own right. Yeah, and especially coming from someone who... This... Autaxi, I'm guessing, would be either his... Uh, no, it would be his second directing game, uh, probably, uh, right? Uh, After uh, like, uh, High School? Like third, maybe. I mean, maybe possi- third if you have Stone Ocean in the. Yeah, 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 because yeah, because it's yeah, because it's hard to say if he did Stone Ocean or this first. Uh, yeah, it's hard they were to probably say. At the same time. I'm gonna assume okay. Stone Ocean came first. Here, here, let me make this first. a little easier on you. This is, was his first solo directing dub. Ah, really? Interesting. Because yeah, Stone Cause o- Stone Ocean so was an okay, ensemble, so and Honor at Magic High School was with Tony Oliver assisting him. Yeah, I see Tony. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, what a heck of a de- uh, solo debut Let's to make, see. Then. We have taken off the training wheels. Now you're going to have to do Odd Taxi, oh, yeah, a show that lives, breathes, and dies on every character talking naturally, 
earnestly and convincingly with strong character writing, dialogue, and mystery writing. <laughs> Have oh, yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you can tell he's really, yeah, you can tell oh, he's really excited to work on this. He was tweeting about it pretty much every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this seems like a tough project. Oh, it gets even worse. I... The challenge gets even worse when you look at how the original Japanese was done. Uh, did you guys know that this was a prelay recording job? Oh, yeah, I think I, I, think I do vaguely recall hearing that, but oh. yeah, that is definitely impressive. Oh, wait, so, so like, the original Japanese was yeah, recorded, the... like, a script or a podcast? Does they that, recorded... Yeah. They recorded the audio it, before they animated it, any of the it, footage, yeah, which doesn't yeah, usually happen in Japanese. No, yeah, that's true. Usually with, with Japan, they usually have, like, you, like, line sketches and things like that when they go in to record. Usually. So what you're saying is this was, right. an, this yeah, was an, it, an audible true crime audio book. Yeah, basically. Exactly, yeah. They could have released it with just the audio with no visuals, and we would have listened to it on Audacity, or on Audible, and... Wouldn't have made as much money, but it would have still been pretty. Okay, uh, no, if well they did received. that in Japan, so the fact that they like fifty people would be would have known about it, and none of us would be here. <laughs> but they would be happy they fifty would. people. They would be the happiest fifty they would people. Be the but the fact that yeah, so this is one of the yeah, this is one of the rare times where the animation was synced directly to Japanese audio performances instead of uh, you know being kind of more generic lip flaps that the seiyus had to match to, which makes it. Even more incredible that both um, Bill's direction and Mike's script manages to match those lip flaps and the energy and the facial oh, yeah. animations pretty flawlessly. Yeah, it's it, like you guys were saying, it's a natural, uh, a natural voice acting for a lot of these characters. There's not a whole lot of cartoony voices. There, there's definitely a <laughs> wide range of personalities. You say there's no, it's not really funny. Any cartoony voices. I, there is one. Yeah, yeah, there is one, but. <laughs> The, I, the I said most, most part. There is one. Yes, that's true. call him a Muppet. <laughs> yes, you can. And I, I am so hyped to talk about him in that exact word. Yes, keep the word mm. Muppet Anyways. in the back of your head. Those of you who've oh, seen the full man. show know exactly which character okay, we're talking about. I, I, I have a joke for oh, that. Oh, little what? Daimon. We love you. Uh, so, Hold yeah. On. Like, I, I think <laughs> this is a genuine tour de force. Mm -hmm that, like, could have lived and died on the strength of the team at the helm of this. And yeah. both Bill and Mike had a kind of Herculean task when it came to doing a show like this, and frankly, they fucking delivered in spades. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can easily... I can't... I don't think I've talked to anyone who said that they prefer the Japanese over the dub. Like, everyone pretty much agrees that the... The, the attempts by the dub to match this tone, the acting, everything of that sort. It's one of those cases where even people who, like, don't normally care about dubs were happy this got a dub, particularly because... More people can watch on Yeah, because they yeah, because, because knew more people would get to watch this show, and mm -hmm. the fact that this dub turned out so well uh, definitely helped to get a lot more people to watch this show, so... It got me to watch yeah. this show. I originally <laughs> ignored it, so... <laughs> It, the fact that it got a dub and the fact that Jet kept gushing about it. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, only a matter uh, of time. Uh, yeah, uh, also... So let that, be, let that be a lesson to all of you, you know, all you Japanese producers out there. You can have the most uh, high-quality animation, the best music producers, and all... But if you can get the Jet <laughs> seal of approval, uh, you're gonna go to the bank. Yeah, That's all you need. It's just like, I don't want my name he, oh he is God. the Anton Ego of Just the like, anime critic it, circle. No. Jet's like, please, please stop. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, also, while we are talking about her directly in this segment, I did want to give a brief shout out to Kelly Mills, who did the lyric adaption for the Misery Kiss songs, which actually might be why the sub got held back a few weeks from what it was supposed to originally start. Yes, they did because, in fact dub the uh, Idol song. Yes, yeah, because the producer when we went to the premiere at Anime NYC yes, they did. did not have the songs dubbed yet. So, yeah, I can vouch for that. It no, was, yeah. oh, really? it was just the Japanese song. Yeah, it was still Japanese at the time. I, for, I completely forgot that it was Japanese. That makes sense. That, that's it. The more you know. Also, yeah. in case you were curious what I meant about the audio <laughs> thing, it was basically, <laughs> it was literally like in the first episode, this was just the first episode. Yep. Second episode was completely fine. In the first episode, there was like a, it was like a repeat like of, a weird skip of like certain thing. words. It's like, let's put it like this. Let's all go to the bank bank. Like, yeah. And hey, that, hey. And that happened Echo. every, like, five or Echo. ten seconds, oh, randomly, yeah. stuff like that. They tried to fix it, but it was... It was the, of it no was avail. It was the file. But the second episode was much better. And also, it was oh, a it completely packed panel room to the oh, point that people were lining <laughs> up against the walls to see the premiere. Yeah, it was packed for that. Yeah. So, they knew the demand awesome. and excitement for Odd Taxi definitely grew. They should continue the franchise, like, uh, theatrically. Okay. I see where you're going with that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we've mm. talked about the ADR stuff. Let's get to some characters. Oh boy, there's a lot of them. All right, yeah, grab so a butt pillow. This is going to take a while. We have some of the folks throughout town who don't quite fit into any of the major groups. Uh, so we've got Kensuke, Zidagaki, and Atiyababa, a pair of comedians, where one is a cynical washout, while the other suddenly grows in popularity. Uh, they've also got a critic named Satoshi Nakashima who uh, goes off about the aquatic comedy and got a tendency to look down at their audience. And then there's uh, Kenshiro and Koshiro Daimon, who are a pair of police officers that can be <laughs> best described as bad cop, himbo cop. Bad <laughs> cop, himbo cop, god damn it! <laughs> but, uh, mostly, uh, mostly because. Yeah, it's mostly not where I thought you were going with this. Nobu's payroll, while the other is just literally too pure and stupid to be corrupt, so he has no idea what his brother is doing. We love baby Daimon. The way I would describe it is like little Daimon is the type of police officer in like a Saturday morning children's cartoon yes. level police officer, yes. and big Daimon is the type of police officer that is in your HBO Showtime drug-based yeah. crime drama. <laughs> so basically, so basically we've got Clancy Brown from the Shawshank Redemption as the older brother and Goofy Part 1 Lupin uh, detective as, 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 as the as, little as, brother. As, as, you say this, but I actually would like to see just like a random show with like younger Daimon, Diddy Gata, and you know, maybe Gumshoe from Ace Attorney just... If you put them in an escape room, all of them would die. Okay, no, that's not true. Then he got it smart. He would just kind of be dragged down by the, by the other two. Yes. <laughs> Which, why I say Zenny got it, because the, the younger brother's not an idiot. Like, he is confident. He gets the thing done at the end. It just takes him a while to cross the finish line. So it takes him a while to be competent. You gotcha. So. Yeah, uh, so continuing, there's Hajime uh, Tanaka, an office worker with a crippling gambling addiction who, after, <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> uh, who after an unfortunate coincidence, decides to torment and kill Otakawa for revenge. And then lastly, there's Saiti Kamasawa, a college student who's obsessed with going viral and pretty much represents everything bad about YouTube grifting, YouTuber grifting culture. I hate him so much. 
the entire I, there is <laughs> so this show say it just say it does not fuck around nope but Taichi Kabasawa does <laughs> and he's the only one nobody else just him he... it's just so sad ooh yeah <laughs> Oh, Lordy. I think we, uh, someone in our Discord said something along the lines of, like, I refuse to believe that this (laughs) guy got laid. He got laid in the exact way you would think he would. Shitty influencer clout laid. (laughs) Yup. Yup. The best kind. Anyway. Now, come on, Andrew. Don't, Don't be so judgmental. You tell me that you don't get all the poontang from all the clout you get from this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait, your girlfriend's here. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Noah, you kid, how do you think I got this girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, you got you. You're okay. <laughs> so that, that's you know a, that's what? the takeaway of the odd taxi episode. So no, join a not. podcast, Shut get up. a girlfriend. <laughs> no, it's not. Shut the fuck up, Noah. <laughs> so to answer your question. Pretty well. So who voices the townsfolk, Chet? Who voices these characters? Right, so, uh, <laughs> well, there's anyway, the Patreon play, uh, clip, guys. So anyway, playing Shimigaki, we've got Sogwon Cho, who has played such characters as Shark in Akadama Drive, Cat Vapor in One Piece, and Kage in Breaking of Kings. Uh, for Baba, we have Brett Mackay, who's played such characters as KJ in Pool Dive, Alan Kay in My Hero Academia World's Mission, and Show Me Namoto in the World of Dungeons View anime. Uh, Satoshi Nakashima is played by AJ Beckles, who has played such characters as Shiki in Komodo Jihen, uh, Zako McDonald in Chama King 2021, and Takamichi Hanakaki in Tokyo Avengers. Takamichi! Uh, Kenjiro Daimon is played by Brandon, Brandon McKinnis, who has played such characters as Rui. As Yuki, Marikawa, and A3. Chubi, Back Arrow, and Fenral, Rokas, and Black Clover. Uh, Koshiro Daibon is played by Bryce Baxbrook, who plays his characters as Makoto, Makoto Nagi in the Danganronpa franchise, Ryan in Pokemon Origins, and Eren, he did absolutely everything wrong. Jaeger in Attack on Titan. I still need to watch the new Titan season. <laughs> uh, Hazabe Tanaka is played by Alex Lee, who plays his characters as Kaiman and Dorhidoro. That's Andrew Akashi in Girlfriend's Basketball, and Kazuya Kinoshita in Brother Girlfriend, and Sasha Kamasawa is played by Zeno Robinson, who has played such characters as uh, Taka Kagami in Girlfriend's Basketball, uh, Vanitas in the case of Vanitas, and is a new voice of Taichi Akami for Digimon Adventure 2021. Woo! Oh, nice. So, yeah. Where do we want to start? Uh, yeah, uh, before, yeah, so, before we start, okay, I just uh, want to say. None of you viewers could see it in an audio podcast, but when Noah, you posed that question to me, Steph gave me probably like the hardest death player <laughs> I have ever seen her give me in my entire life. So As thanks for that, buddy. It's fully worn. You save that for that particular reason. I, why else would God give it to her? Anyways. Anyways, where do we want to? St- oh my so, God, where? Yeah, I want to start. With, I want to start with saying that my favorite delivery of any line in this entire show came from Alex Lee. Oh yeah? Okay. He spends all of episode he spends all of episode four monologuing about, you know, his past life with the eraser, the gotcha addiction, looking yeah. for the dodo. And for that whole episode, it's you know, it's long drawn out monologues, lamenting, 
Whose fault is it that my life has gone to such shit? But then, in the last two minutes, he finally acquires the digital item that he's been searching for that he sunk five million dollars into this online game for. And then, and he gets to shout out as tears well up in his eyes and the music cuts out. I did it! I finally did it! The way he delivers that was my favorite, like, audio delivery of the entire episode. It was amazing. It was, like, full Starscream level of camp lost your shit. Uh, I love it. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, re- yeah, I really loved, um, honestly, it's Sonic. I like Honestly, considering he had to handle nearly an entire episode's worth of dialogue by himself, yeah. I don't know if it really did yeah. just getting into character with Sonica pretty much immediately. Yeah, because I think him and then there's at least one other character that really have like an episode to themselves where they are like the focus and the uh, dialogue. I think it's Rui. It's Rui. Well, Rui's that's the other a, one. Rui's just like mm-hmm. half an episode. Like, Tanaka gets like a whole episode no, just Rui to... has a whole episode. She does. It... But Tanaka is, like, not only is, I think it feels more prominent for Tanaka because we don't know who he is before that, you know. This is the first time we are seeing this character. And he was just some guy. A tiny... Okay, to be fair, we actually do see the moment Odakawa almost does him over before. Yes, we do. Yes, you're right, you're right. We do. We see that. And the very next episode. We didn't know who that guy was. We're just like, oh, that's some guy in the street that Odakawa. Poor guy. We're just like, oh, that's the guy from the opening who's playing, like, a game where he punches things in the air. Which, by the way, I fucking love that opening. That's an it's amazing so opening. I love it. I voted for it for best OP, and yeah, let's not go for that. Anyways. Oh, 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 I remember now. Um, It's what? actually uh, Mika Stilfer? Is that still say Stilfer? Stifler? What the fuck? The translator. Oh. I wanted to give credit it, it, by name to the translator, and they're on this A&N article. Ah, yes. Mika Stifler. Okay. Stifler. 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 Okay. Give credit. So, okay, man. You you chose to can, just... Can I also say... No. I... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll I go for it. I didn't expect for Alex Lee to go full fucking crazed serial killer mode, vocal-wise. <laughs> And I've watched he fucking Tokyo Revengers. <laughs> so <laughs> he's and Mikey's a little bit twisted. It it says a lot that in a show about literal dirty cops and yakuza mm-hmm. that the scariest most terrifying person in the entirety of Odd Taxi... Is just some kid who had a bad day. It's just a... Well, not just one bad day, but... He, it's literally all it... Hajime T- Tanaka is the embodiment of the killing joke philosophy. All it takes mm. is, is one, one bad, bad day, day. Yep. to change your life forever for the yep. worse. I think that's what we're going for, sure. But, but it is it is highly indicated that... This was just a thing building up for a long time with yeah. the way that he, you know, sought uh, he sought recognition in school, and he did that by spending a shit ton of his dad's money on an eraser that never arrived. Oh, so and he got his I, ass if, beat for it. I, I mean, Which, to be fair, if if I'm not gonna say that you should beat your kids, you should never do that. But they should absolutely be punished if they steal one thousand dollars off of your credit oh, card that, that for something even, that never even arrived. So, yeah. like, it was originally going to be ten thousand. And then he put an extra zero in for safety. For 100,000 yen. And then he won, and then it uh, never came. Oh, God. Fuck you, eBay! 
that was like I, I think I was Ditch Eleven. I literally was sitting there and I was Ditch like, 11. I think I was in pain when I saw him put that extra zero. I was like, oh fuck! Oh, uh, uh, both of us are just like, oh why? But why you do that? He carried a whole episode on himself, and it was genuinely terrifying to see how addiction starts mm-hmm. in a person. Mm-hmm. Legitimate actual crippling gotcha gambling addiction and how it starts never play those games people (laughs) i'm sorry to uh, all the the udapri live people out there watching but don't i'm sorry okay 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 okay, to be fair some people Okay, to be fair, some people do have restraint and can do that stuff in like moderation and then right tanaka cannot yeah not to, and it, it's, you know, he's also the kind who has expendable income because he has a job and no one else to take care but of. But you so also literally I guess... see the toll it takes on his mental, physical health, his relationships oh, with people, yeah. how he gets self-absorbed yep. into into it. And, like, literally he goes from kind of being, like, a decent little corporate ring la- ringworm and then just being, like, I was, trying to th- I was trying to think of, like, climbing a corporate ladder or something <laughs> like that. But and then nah. you just see he's kind of lazy. He's kind of like slobbish, mm-hmm. completely self-absorbed, he's a loser. angry. He's a loser. And he doesn't. He doesn't blame himself. It, it's indicated pretty heavily when mm-hmm. he asks himself, "Whose fault is it? Is it the else. government? My teachers? It, it could never be my fault." No, the thing is, he does. The thing is, he does go over like whose fault it could be. That at the end, he does be like, "Okay, yeah, this is obviously this is obviously me," but he's not willing to like actually do anything about it. Right. And, like, that that's right. how, like, radicalism and, like, that selfish, angry, violent desire starts is you can't take responsibility for the fault of your own path and you blame it on the world mm-hmm. and everything else around you. Oh, yeah. And it... Which makes him the perfect foil to Shibagaki. And maybe that's a good segue into talking about uh, uh, Homo sapiens because the, he's the only other person who, like confronts oh, yeah. um Tanaka before the final so, uh, episode. So, yeah, uh, before we get to him though, I would like to I briefly talk about uh AJ Beckold since he doesn't show up yeah, too AJ, too much. AJ is yeah, very he, short. Yeah, he doesn't show up too too much, but okay. he does uh but he is uh, but he does have some interaction with uh Shibigake in particular. Oh yeah, so, true. Like, he does also have interaction with him. <laughs> he, he's the uh, giraffe, uh, right? Uh yeah. Yeah he's the I giraffe. Can, let me okay, be just your new sure. partner <laughs> I'll make great jokes. Try hard. <laughs> try hard mode. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's Satoshi. Yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely is a very try hard teenager. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all try hard at it's that also, age? You're right. Not all of them. Some people uh, give up a lot sooner. We, <laughs> Jesus, that's. Oh, no! <laughs> Noah, uh, Noah. But, uh, not me. Not, that's just Noah, some people. Noah, are we speaking from experience, sir? But, uh, 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 oh yeah, but I do think that agent does a really good job of getting across. He like, he like, oh, he like, oh, you, t- oh, you guys know what you're doing, but I, mm-hmm. I, I know what you guys do. I can make you better, faster, stronger. <laughs> we can. <laughs> we have the we technology. Have technology. <laughs> we can make him funnier. <laughs> we can make him funnier in post. It. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you brought that. Uh, you brought AJ up because you're right. He doesn't have a whole lot of presence, but uh, he's a good indication, I think, of the overall tone of the show. Yeah. Because since he's such a minor character and he's got one of the, uh, I'd like to say, goofier character designs, 
they could have made him sound like, you know, nasalier, nerdier, like, you know, more cartoonish, but they didn't. They, even with the characters who have the goofier character designs, they are told to act and are cast to sound like perfectly normal people. Yeah. If you didn't know that he was a giraffe from the screen, you'd think that he would just look like your average uh, high school student. Which is, I think, the point. If you watch this... See, here's the thing. I think it also goes back to, like, the conversationalist dialogue as well as the direction. <laughs> if you go into this show blind like I did, you you think, like, oh, these animals are just, like as real as people and then you fucking learn at the end of the show mm-hmm. and like that's they the point it's <laughs> like that's the point it's like shit all right yes, it will. <laughs> oh yeah so yeah so uh you want to talk about uh homo sapiens uh, now? let's talk uh, about the the so is... hold on jet wanted to say something okay. I, was, I, I, I was gonna say yeah no, we're gonna talk about homo sapiens I was going to say, let's talk about the comedy duo that are doing a very specific type of conversational Japanese comedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Which, uh, yeah, again, this could not be done in any other country. It is suited specifically for the country of origin. Um, now, Jet, did you wa- you watch this in Japanese, right? Yep. So... I did not, so I don't know for both the characters, for Baba or uh, Shibagaki, whether or not this is true in Japanese. Did it sound like there was an age gap between the two of them in the original I Japanese? Th- uh, I think I th- th- I think so. Maybe not quite as pronounced as the but uh, but Baba. I mean, but Shibagaki did sound like no, it sounded a little older. I get, okay, I get the so I get yeah, because the their age gap was very much a central part of. Their dynamic and also their eventual distancing from. Uh, so, no, so, no, I mean, because like they didn't like they didn't mention that they went to high school together, so I don't think they're that far apart in age. Yes, like Chibigake is probably exactly. Right. Thank you. I actually did not. Yeah, so there may be a couple of years, but not. It, it looked like a whole generation almost. I think Jet, you you kind of nailed it in the chat when you said he's got kind of a boomer, not just the delivery, but the way he views the world yeah, mentality. Yeah, yeah Shibigaki is very, like, much a cranky watcher, and I think so much of does a really good job of getting that across. Like, this is a guy who's, like, very sour about the way his career is going, and he doesn't take very well to criticism, and, you know, uh, the way he's, and the way he says that, other com- that only other com- comedians should be able to criticize him, in a weird way, it almost kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of how Butch Hartman takes criticism. Oh, case criticism. Butch Hartman. Oh, Butch Hart- oh my Hartman. God. Jed has gone there. That's a name that's been oh. sullied recently. Well, oh, woo. Well, I mean, that's not the only person who's uh, who's made that argument before, but it's certainly the one that people on the internet are thinking about the most now. <laughs> All right, I look forward to. Uh, paying $200 for a Shibagaki commission, and it's fucking and, traced. And on this day, Jet was canceled. <laughs> no! No, I will defend Jet. Jet is right, and he should continue to boo boo on Butch. Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> Everyone should continue to boo Butch <laughs> Anyways, um... Anyway. To... Who they should not boo are these two actors. Someone! Who, um, Someone yeah, Sung Won, who's um, uh, really good at the the lower, gruffer-sounding voice, definitely suited for older characters. 
uh, fits with this character, not just with um, his personality, but definitely his design. Because you see that character design, and you listen to that voice, and like that voice should be coming out of that character design. It's fun and interesting, like how someone's career has progressed, considering like we recently just started ranking of kings. <laughs> And he's Kage. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I could tell just from, like, some of the, like, videos and stuff he did way back then. He had the he had the ability for voice acting, and I'm happy to see his career has blossomed quite well. And then, he, and then he's also Indeed. Shark in Akudama Drive. Yeah, he's got the range. What's he's that, got money? the range. This is his lower range, which is oh, yeah. equally as, like... It, it has, does yes. sound like a nice, like, old-time boomer man who's boomer just kind of man. bitter... And just sad that things aren't going as well for him as his partner. Where, like, he's just kind of, like, working part-time at a cabaret club. While his partner is actually on TV getting recognizable g oh, gigs. Fans are approaching him for autographs. And he gets to do a dog... Dating an idol. And he gets to do a doggy style with an idol. Motherfucker! <laughs> this is not the horny on main chat. The joke was there, and I went for it. But you're sleeping on the couch tonight. That, that's fair. You're. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, speaking of his partner, I thought uh, Brett McKay did a really nice job as Baba, where mm. like compared to Shibigaki, he comes off as like a lot more polite and likable, so it's definitely easier to see why he's the one who became popular. Mm -hmm. Brent definitely sounds very charming. Mm -hmm and like do-gooder but he's doing his best even if he doesn't have like the hard punch line you definitely tell he's got like the charisma and like the genuine sweetness and sincerity that makes him like charming in a like public presenting sense and i think brent makes him come off as very like sweet and like well-meaning and earnest but also when he has to put his foot down and it's pretty good stuff and to brent mukai's credit too he does have the range I watched Full Dive. I know he has the range. Which? Because Full Dive is. Genji and Full Dive is a lower re register than what Baba is. He a oh. It's 100%. Interesting. Full Dive as a show is garbage. Okay, so. But I sat through it, and Brent Mukai was great. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> Aw, about to check it's, it out on your recommendation. Not. So, actually. It, it has its moments where it's not. If I gotta admit it to take a quick soapbox for a second, not really a soapbox, but just want to highlight something so this is a bang zoom produced dub yes so everybody you would assume most everybody is predominantly californian that's that is actually incorrect true. because true. this has a there's a good amount of people from cali but this this dub actually takes advantage of the potential and opportunities of remote recording mm -hmm. in this section alone i think mm -hmm. before aj beckles moved to california this year uh, he recorded this and other shows like this from Massachusetts. Yep. Yep. Tokyo Avengers was the big one okay. that he recorded. And, uh, and Brent Mukai, I, I learned that he's actually based out of Las Vegas. Yep. So, yeah, I just want to give a, a shout out that, like, the cool things and casting possibilities that can be done yeah. by embracing remote recordings and not just making it exclusively based out of one location and one location only. It gives only. you fun dubs like this one. I, it's the kind of thing that I think should be embraced what? and acknowledged and oh, definitely. Like, celebrated instead of 
going back to the way things were. Yeah. A, uh, and that's what yeah. I want to say on that. And Andrew. Uh, yeah, this is definitely Andrew, 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 Andrew. I've got a bigger soapbox. Got a bigger soapbox for you, Andrew. Can you get up on the bigger soapbox and say okay. it even louder for okay. people oh, in the back? Okay, here's, here's what I got. Here we go. Oh, no. Remote recordings are good. You don't need to limit yourself to the locations of where the dub is being recorded and the local talent. It can be done, but it doesn't need to be made exclusively in one location, and you can embrace the possibilities of remote recording setups and people and voice actors from around the world. Here, here. And we're not calling out anyone, Crunchyroll, in particular about this Crunchyroll. But if you are Crunchyroll, going to continue to Crunchyroll, make dubs, make Crunchyroll, use of the talent around the Crunchyroll world. Crunchyroll. <laughs> uh, no in particular. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, says remote it record, yeah, remote recording is good, Crunchyroll. So, uh, yeah. Keep, we love things like this. We love things like this. On, on, the top, I'm sorry, on the topic also of um, getting a variety of talent is... Um, uh, Shibagaki's uh, voice is in ori- in the um, original audio, I believe, is Osaken mm. because he gets called out as having a bit of a yeah. rural voice, which is which is fitting because, um, and I only know this because I come from the same state, but Sung Wan didn't originally live in the West Coast. He lived in Michigan, which you know has this Midwest dialect and, to it, ooh. which lends itself more to a rural I mean, sounding yeah, voice uh, than. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah. There was actually uh, like a little bit of a kind of country sound to Sogwan's tone that I kind of appreciated. Not necessarily country. I'd say more. Uh, uh, man, people in Michigan sound like they're fucking dweebs. Imagine buying a new house in one. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Proud of it, you motherfucker. Side note: Noah has a house now. He's moving soon. I, I'm sitting next to a giant stack of egg boxes full of stuff to move in Yay. a week. We go closing on it tomorrow. Yay. Yay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, continuing with Brent, I did like, I did kind of appreciate that through his tone. You could kind of tell that Baba doesn't really have a very high opinion of himself, but yeah. definitely has one of like Shibigaki very early on. And mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. And I also thought it was kind of interesting seeing his whole relationship with Rui and how like, compared to how ambitious she is, he's a lot more kind of realistic and, uh, Defeatist sort of way, but that somehow kind of works out for the two of them. And I thought that was like, I don't know if defeatist. I don't know if defeatist is the word. Like he, he simply says that he's not as ambitious as she is. Like yeah. he's got it's, ambition. It, it, it's just, yeah. He he wants to he wants to go for bronze, whereas she wants to go for gold. Yeah. I I actually thought they did have a cute dynamic. That for was there, a though. cute little dynamic. I was like, oh, oh yeah. okay, no, she's gonna be using. It. I was like, oh wait, no, you actually do enjoy his company. It's just things didn't quite work out for a couple of reasons. We'll get we'll get I need murder. Yep. But it, it's one of the healthy codependent uh, celebrity relationships. Yes. One of. One of. <laughs> I don't know if there are any in the real world. I'm, we we can't all be. Um, uh, oh shoot! I, I was thinking of a celebrity couple who stuck around for a long time. I can't think of it now. Oh. Dang it! I'll, I'll think of it later. Like, so can we, speaking of. Codependent relationships. No, I was about to say healthy, healthy celebrity relationships. Can we talk about an unhealthy one? I guess so. Oh, that's where you were going with this. I was, go- I was you like, can we talk about the brothers last? Oh, I was gonna like, I was gonna say Kamisawa for last, but if you want to do him. Oh, I thought we would. I was, I was, I had like a perfect segue. We were talking about codependency, and then we were talking about, we were talking about the good cop brothers. But yes, we can talk about some hippo dick. 
<laughs> actually, can we not? Actually, <laughs> I fucking hate this character so much. The the sad part really is, Cause, really because I'm pretty sure that you. I'm pretty sure the show wanted you to like this character from so, everything he does. I'm sure he was yeah, supposed no. to be likable. The no. sad thing about Kabasawa is that he kind of like in the first episode, he's kind of just a good kid. Yeah. He's kind of just a good kid who just kind of wants to get noticed and he wants to get internet famous, and then which is a terrible it. decision in in the hindsight. Yeah. He, he needs to make better life choices. He just, he wanted to go viral on Twitter and he got a hit tweet and then he made that hit tweet his personality, but also he learned the wrong lesson from going on Twitter. He learned that making a shit take on the internet gets yeah. you attention. Mm-hmm. And when he, once he <sighs> learned that, it was game over for poor Kabasawa. He was and then he became Hippo Jones. He was so <laughs> He was yeah. fucking lucky. Hippo Jones. Dobu was good. He was so I, like fucking to... lucky Dobu didn't cap his ass. <laughs> oh yeah, there'd be one more body in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I thought that Zeta did a really good job of kind of making him come off as a very pacey nerd in his delivery, oh, but not without sounding like super <laughs> exaggerated. I loved it. He he sounds like a very good kid that's kind of in over his head, mm-hmm. but is also just like trying his best to get noticed. He even does his own shitty Wonderwall cover. <laughs> like he actually gets the sing too and that's it's like great. okay yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> like, oh, yeah but uh that does a really good job of making this kid like sort of is like kind of like maybe semi well attested initially but then gradually becoming more self-centered and kind of punchable self-centered then, asshole kind, kind of punchable jet he actively uh, interferes oh, with absolutely. the public consensus about this ongoing case because he's got he wants to blame all of society's problems onto one guy who in the grand scheme of things is just kind of a shitty thug but he's like yeah. oh, if he basically learned if i make everybody fear a common enemy that will get everybody to notice me and that will get everybody to band with me and give me money so, and me attention and me pussy so what you're saying is he's hippo osmondius from watchmen uh, I was okay. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure Osmondius was gay, so that doesn't quite fit. But <laughs> I mean, oh, fair enough. The, the the comparison is at least still apt, except there was no, there what, was Osm- a lot more people standing by the end of this compared to Watchmen. Yeah, uh, this is true. But good point. Yeah, but anyway, I, the- Zeno good. <laughs> Zeno's great. Zeno He's- good. This Zeno's- fucking jackass, though. Yeah, so, yeah. I appreciated when the bass started slipping and he started catching on to his grifting. Oh. Like Zeno did a really good job of getting across, like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of saw his whole mix of like self-loathing denial, especially, yep. especially during that scene where he, you see him with one of his followers and he like snaps. He snaps yep. and he's like, oh, that is boy, that. that's a borderline, like, abusive, dirtbag, wife-beater boyfriend shit. What, like, the lesson we should learn from all of this, it, what we should learn from this is that the internet is absolutely flush with cash and it will never go to the right person. <laughs> that's is fair. It, that's true. It, the only, it, yeah, but, the only uh, thing I don't buy is how easy it was for him to turn over a new leaf 
not because I didn't think it was possible, but because it felt that one felt a little too clean and unbelievable. I feel like he would have grifted mm. a lot longer. Uh, so, uh, so, okay, so, okay, so, okay. To be okay, to be fair, you do see with the last. See, like even after everything's gone, like even after you know everything's happening, he bowed to change his ways. When I saw Odakawa's car, he was so like, "Oh man, I gotta make sure this goes viral." So he hasn't quite learned his. He life. hasn't quite <laughs> let it out. But I will say right. this: they did, they did, they did establish that this dude who t- can talk shit on the internet is a huge, big, bitch ass coward when th- when you throw hands. AKA, no, so, you should punch Nazis. Which is- Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of that, I did well, actually yes. like I did like his whole exchange with Dobu, where he kind of like admitted how much he hated yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. He again, uh, again, yeah. he was lucky that Dobu was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, he just is, uh, also he turns just like not even like the dog, just like the show itself. Like the whole thing where Dobu mentioned how like extreme self hatred kind of made its own form of narcissism and something that yeah. just kind of wow. Yeah, that's yeah. The one, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one that sucked me ever since mm-hmm. I watched the show. That's it's a fascinating take where it's like cause that is a fascinating thing but I can't say it's not wrong Yeah. oh, oh it is absolutely right and it's kind of horrified in its own way Yeah. Th- there's very few morals of this show that I feel like I disagree with like I think in the most part it, it's trying to advocate for you know better self sustainability not self sustainability um, taking care of your fellow man that people who take advantage of others you know will get punished and don't steal medicine, I guess. Like most of the lessons are pretty good. God, could Odd Taxi have been a Yakuza game? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it could have. In fact, it will be. A couple of years, it will be. Oh lord, <laughs> fuck. The one, one last thing, positive thing I want to say about Zeno is that um, we have a couple of these like young adults uh, characters that all have distinct voices from one another. Like I never felt like uh, Kapasawa sounded the same as Baba. Or who sounded, uh, neither of them sounded similar to um, uh, Skunk Man, who we'll get to in a bit. So I do appreciate that. uh, We we will get to, am I? I do like that Zeno's um, overall performance is, uh, you know, it's it's still uh, realistic. It's based in the real world, like we were saying, conversational dialogue of real world people. But it sounds different than the other similarly aged characters. Oh, 100%. In subtle ways. Yep. And uh, now we are good to talk about the cop brothers. <laughs> good cop and no bad cop and Muppet. Man, oh my God, he's such man or a Bryce Muppet? Am I a Muppet never or a man? Said... <laughs> <laughs> Am I a good cop or a bad cop? <laughs> I'm sorry, fucking okay. That song almost won an Academy Award. <laughs> I believe it. All right, so. So, yeah, Under Bryce Pappenbrook. circumstances, you would pin Bryce as the potential bad cop here. And Brandon yeah, the, as, the, the, as the good one, as Baby Diamond. I think switching it was one. really switching interesting. Switching it was great. Because I don't know whose idea was that that was. Because, like, when you... Because when Brandon McGinnis is usually known for, like, some of the sweet, nicer characters, and now he's getting to break away with that. Which is fantastic mm-hmm. for him. To which... The age-old question I asked this earlier. Is Brandon McInnes okay with Demon Slayer right now? <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Throw that out there. Uh, wish, you, wish, wish, just wish pop your head in. Brandon, are you okay, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Buddy? Uh, set, just set, blink set, twice if you're okay. But no, it's... 
Normally you would think it's the reverse. With Bryce's older Daimon and Brandon would normally be little Daimon. The swapping is just a great choice because you get a really fun performance from Brandon as this like dirty cop and then <laughs> I I lovingly describe little Daimon as a Muppet because so, it's great. <laughs> so, the, so here, I actually do want to talk about that because... So the interesting thing about like Bryce's little diamond that kind of struck out to me is I got the impression that in the beginning of the show they hadn't quite established what his voice or his character specifically was. They, they might have had a good idea of who his character was, but they hadn't established what the voice of little diamond was. They didn't establish that. Uh, he said, uh, he said, uh, yeah, babe, he definitely did sound like, you know, a lot. He, he sounded like, he sounded like a younger, meeker Bryce Pabberbrook role and performance, which is not out of character for stuff he's done, but it sounded like, it, it's what I would associate with something like a Bryce Pabberbrook role and vocal register. Yeah, you can still tell it was him. Yeah. I think mid did? midway no, ar I around the show... A conscious choice was made not only to differentiate him from his bigger brother, Diamond, but to give him the vocal cadence of <laughs> what if Kermit the Frog was a cop? Bryce Pepinbrook here. Kermit the Frog here. I, uh... What's, what seems to be the problem of up here? Um, I see you were going 70 in a 55 mile per hour zone. Uh, what, what seems to be a problem? What, why, are you in a, why are you in such a rush there, buddy? It, it is that level of strange vocal registry where it sounds like a Muppet. It, I love it, though. It's not a bad it, it, decision, yeah. and it actually is shockingly endearing for this guy who really wanted to be a cop for the right reasons. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking watching this kind of doughy-eyed uh. doughy dimwit with a heart of gold learn that his dearest brother mm -hmm. is dirty. Yep. And it's kind of heartbreaking in that sense, yeah. yeah. I said, oh yeah, I thought that Bryce had a really good job of getting the heartbreak across even while doing the really cartoonish voice. I appreciated that. Yeah. I because the big thing for the for for little diamond is like we became cops because we're gonna fight evil well you realize your brother is one of those evil doers right no he's not e evil is a very liberal term in regards to like it's just things that are bad and associated to be bad mm -hmm. he wants to think in black and white when the entirety of the world of odd taxi is it's morally gray <laughs> That, yeah, that's, that's, that's the conflict, is that he is a character who thinks in black and white when everything around him is very gray. Ironic, considering he is black and white. Ah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, it's why I thought I thought they were supposed to be pandas, but according to every description I've read, they're actually supposed to be meerkats. You know what? I see meerkats, yeah. Yeah, I kind of see meerkats, yeah. I, mean, I see it when you say it, but... That's that's not the the anim. I've never seen a black and white meerkat. Me neither. But hey, here we are. Here's Odd Taxi. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, <laughs> there's a breed of black and white meerkats in the ancient Antarctica that I've never heard of before. <laughs> Christ. 
Also, I appreciate the fact that he is so dumb that the show was basically like, okay, we're gonna pretend you are a clueless viewer who does not pay attention very closely. Here's what's going on right now. Yep, pretty much. Which, even for, like, those who pay the most attention, having someone literally graph out what's going on was actually yeah. helpful in a show like this. Yeah. Usually, I'd say that's condescending. In this show, I found it useful. It's condescending, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's very oh, yeah. helpful. <laughs> yeah, I did my favorite thing. Was when you talking? I did my favorite thing was when he was talking to, like, I was, was when Odakawa was, like, giving him the chart, and then, like, and then Odakawa was explaining the whole situation to him, and then, so, yeah, and then the younger daughter was like, it's like, wait, you know, why don't you just go to the cops and all this? And then, like, I appreciate that uh, <laughs> microphone, Odakawa, just, like, the most straightforward voice. Possible, like, wait, are you sure you're not actually smart? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Explain it to me like I'm. <clears throat> Explain it to me like I'm Little Diamond. Kermit the you. No, the whole. I forgot about the the point you made where it was just like it like just Bryce in the start and then they the conscious f like the conscious choice was made to suddenly turn Little Diamond into some form of Muppet. I loved it, and it worked so fucking well. <laughs> I think it was, like, it's weird to have, like, that cartoony voice, but I'd almost argue that having someone so earnestly simple yep. in a show like this is almost a nice refresher, in a way. Mm -hmm. Especially because because we've got, you know, we've got the dirty cop brother who's not going to uh, follow due process. So, you know, when you get to Little Daimon, even if he thinks that you're evil, he's not going to just arrest you. He's going to go through the 2,000 steps necessary to get you filed and put in properly. So nothing's actually going to happen to you if you've got nothing now to worry I'm about. I'm the one line he said. <laughs> fucking little diamond says. He says something, some shit about there being so much paperwork at one point, didn't he? Yep. The, the good news is he, he tired of it, but I believe he will put in the paperwork. Brand yeah, uh, Brandon Big oh, Diamond yes. is uh, duplicitous, yeah. sneaky, and and two faced, and absolutely will bury that paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon does a really absolutely. good job of making this guy come off as like incredibly snide, and you can just tell he looks down at everyone else. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think that they had uh, both kinds of cops as brothers in the show? To deflect from criticism from like the real world that you're just hating on all cops instead of just saying like no 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 we've got like a good cop in you we're not totally anti-police not specifically a bit of a shield there nah, i mean i mean cause, nah, cause it felt like it was gonna be down on crooked cops enough that it was like nah, i i don't know i felt like bryce i felt like bryce's cop was just kind of there as like i don't know like as a bit of a br as as a bit as, of a as, breather, as a but also kind yeah, of just like, you know, this is you need a simple person that actually isn't going to betray him or try to kill him, or try yeah. to betray and kill him at the same time. Hence, little diamond. <laughs> he needed somebody in the show to actually yeah, just be a good guy, and that's the role little diamond is—a good guy who is also an actual cartoon character. The, the uh, observations about Bryce and Brandon working off of each other and being cast in the opposite of what they're usually cast as worked very well for these performances. This was these, these were the kind of roles that definitely felt um, uh, the most uh, 
uh, how are, what do you say here? Uh, like the most commentative because of uh, the way that they kind of intermingle with all the other characters. So you had to get these characters uh, empathetic and you, you maybe not, you're not empathetic towards Big Daimon. Like you're not like, oh, I feel so bad for this guy. You're, but you're more like, yeah, it's more of a, I, I know where you're coming from. And uh, you're, you're like one of the the characters that's holding the, that is tying this back down to reality. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I think I think both Brandon and Bryce absolutely uh, nailed these cops. Oh, yeah, so I th- yeah, I think all the town folk here uh, did a pretty good job. But now it's time to talk about the idol industry. This oh, show has things God. to say about the idol industry. Kind of a uh, couple so, of things. Yeah, so uh, next we're going to talk about the idol group mystery case. Specifically, we're talking about. Its members, Rui Nakaido, Siho Itamura, and Yuki Mitsuya. Its manager, Fuyuki Yamamoto, and our resident fanboy, Shinobai. Uh, as was just mentioned, Ibai is a longtime fan of uh, the group. And after winning the lottery, he becomes a pod in an elaborate bank robbery. And uh, honestly, next to Bryce Pepperbrook's copy, is probably the nicest character in this show. You know what? I thought this show was going to be a lot oh, even more meaner to him. Amai. But honestly, a mine's just a good dude Amai's, uh, who just really boy. likes his idols he's he's just he's just a good dude he's also really really dumb yeah it, it's really way uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i'd you, say that you don't okay, okay. he's a fin- yeah, okay. He's a, like, okay he's a fanatic okay, uh, yeah you, there there are certain things you do not post on the internet he had to learn that the hard way like that is basically like you you don't put that you won the lottery. You also don't put your social security number, and you don't post like your address or IP stuff. He posted one of those no nos. <laughs> you don't post your credit card and the CCV number on Twitter. <laughs> what I'm saying is done. Shun Amai is a good boy. But he absolutely would fall for a scam if a cute idol girl asked him for the three digits on the back of his credit card. Oh, oh he would, unfortunately. Oh, Oni-chan, can, can, yeah. can I have your social security number and credit card, please? You'll be yeah, my uh, number one superstar. Anything for you, baby! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so continuing, uh, so Yamamoto was a manager who has made it his dream to bring Misery Kids to the top of the idol, idol industry. And will do anything to make that happen, including, you know... Like himself with Yakuza members, and you know, illegal bond disposal because you gotta do what you gotta do, right? He will lie, cheat, steal, and kill anything <laughs> for his girls. Uh, and then uh, we have Rui, who is the center for Mystery Kids and is extremely ambitious when it comes to wanting to reach the top. Uh, Shiho is one of the members who uh, grew up living in poverty, so she wants to become an idol in order to. In order to become rich and also run some magic games on the side. <laughs> and lastly, we have, and lastly, we have Yuki Vita, who's the third member of Mystery Kids and just really likes fried chicken. There's absolutely nothing else to say about this character. Wait. Nothing wrong. Just the yeah, innocent yeah, bystander yeah, did nothing, yeah, just nothing, nothing wrong. wrong. Oh, Wait. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Wait, what's this about her being the real murderer behind the shoes? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold on a second. Um, Jet, I'm, um, I'm looking at this cast list. Um, why are there two of them? Uh, because uh, it turns out uh, that this uh, that this Yuki Mitsuya is uh, actually a fake who is brought into the 
group to replace a real one, but it turns out that she was actually the one who killed the real one. Yeah, so, like, I was literally... We, okay, so we just finished watching the show right before we started recording. And that last oh. second, at the last second, we learned what actually happened to the real Mitsuya. And the whole, like, we, we for like a solid five minutes, he was, he wasn't, he couldn't say words. So I could, he just made noises. So here is the, the noise I could make for the last three minutes of those episodes is basically. Doki doki, Mitsuya makes your neck God go broken. So yeah, let's 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 talk about um the idol industry. <laughs> yeah, so uh play Yamamoto, we have Xander Mobis, for Ibai we have Sean Chiplock, for Rui we have a Bendali, for Jiho we have Jenny Okabori, and when you can meet you, we have Gilly Mills. Now, Xander Mobis has played such characters as Benno when it's under the bookworm, uh, Damien Gray in Infinity Force, and Ran Up on Me in Persona 5 the Animation. Now, Chiplock has played such characters as Bruno Bagknife and Burn the Witch, Subaru Natsuki in ReZero, and Korematsu and Mitsuru Sabatsu. Medali has played such characters as Akihiro Shinamoto in Card Captain Software Queen Card, Anzu in. Matsuri and Mara Kitagawa in My Dress Up Darling. Jenny Okabori has played such characters as uh, Kai Tenya in 86, Kanoshi in SSS Nana Zedon, and Saomei in Eden Zero. Last week in the Mills has played such characters as Diore, Forvan, Jigana Millennia, and Fan Apocrypha, Hulu and Komodo Friends, and Enoki Yukigawa and Tribe 9. Can we just establish one other thing since we did bring in the big spoiler in the fucking room? Kaylee voices the fake Mitsuya. The real uh, Mitsuya yeah. is someone else. Yeah, the re- yeah the real yeah the real Mitsuya the is real? voiced by an Aristides. Mm-hmm. For a hot minute. But we only hear her in yeah we, yeah, we only hear scenes in one episode. One episode. Yep. Still worth bringing up. Yeah, which makes sense that they they wouldn't. It, it would make sense that they wouldn't cast Kaylee to voice both the fake one and the real one because even though they may have a similar look to them. They're clearly supposed to be different people, so better give them no, different voices, too. I just wanted to make sure that distinction was clear. We're specifically talking about the fake one when we talk about Kaylee. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, um, let's see, where should we start? Oh, boy. <laughs> let's talk about the best, best, worst Sh- dog. Shall we start? Start with... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess, we, yeah, uh... Yeah, no, yeah, no, I mean, no, yeah, I no. I was actually the talking about best, Xander. The other best yeah. worst dog. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, is he a fox? I think he's more like a fox. He's a fox. fox. I, I, uh, okay, 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 well, to be fair, fox is more of a canine family. Fair so. enough. He, I, I, I thought of him as like a hound dog. Yeah, That's but, where my brain went. I can see that. I'm pretty sure with the... The, the animal itself is not... It's very rare that they mention, like, personality traits of the animal they are to them there's like one line where rui call uh, actually calls out baba as like having a horse face yeah but which, that's about which that it one's other big than enough that to the be animal is kind a, of incidental comment about humans who to thunk who to thunk yes it could yeah i mean if you see his, when you see his human face in the last episode you're like yeah he kind of does have a horse rui, face yeah. doesn't Rui's he Rui's probably like the best Per animal to person one to one in the show in that yeah that just that just looks like a that just looks like her but with like 
human skin and a, and a human nose. And less ears. The hair, yeah, the hair definitely has a, uh, a toy dog oh, yeah, uh, affectation yeah. to the design. She's, she's very yeah. pretty in that. But yeah, I, I, I guess I want to start on with Xander. Because Xander's dude is very interesting. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> in that uh, he, he is like... How so? He genuinely does care about Mystery Kiss and his group and is willing to do whatever, but he's also very much sleeping in bed with the mob. And I... he's pretty much at their beck and call just... Just because they have to hide a body. They have to hide a body, and he's owed that favor, and they literally give away half of all of Mystery Kiss's future earnings. Mm-hmm. to hide the body instead of solving the problem now. But you wanted to succeed so bad that you disregarded the fact that one of your girls is dead. Yup. Yep. Uh, to be fair, that to the Yakuza, that's a damn smart move because of how profitable that market is. Like, imagine if Al Capone was, you know, running his empire, and he decides that, you know how we're going to make some extra scratch? We're going to make half of our money off of Hatsune Miku. I know, I know, I know. It sounds silly, but it's going to make us a lot of money. And it ended up making them all a fortune. Hey, that <laughs> Moe chick, she's on to something. She's getting that us the big bucks. That Moe chick, Jesus. <laughs> As Zombie Land Saga has proven, idols have been big forever. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I did really like Dan's performance. He did a really good job of giving uh, Yamamoto here a very business-like persona where you can know he's used to trying to defuse situations, even if it's through dubious means. I said, like, okay, like, you know, working with the Agatha, or, you know, uh, when a negotiation goes south, uh, oh, yeah. he chokes someone to death. Yeah, he, he's kind of business casual for the entirety of the show. But when Except that, that one time. But when that mask drops, like, he straight up almost kills Odakawa. And Ooh. if it wasn't for some good old capoeira, he would have been <laughs> fucking sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think Xander's got a very soft well, like and like business appropriate demeanor. Mm-hmm. But when like the mask slips and the facade breaks, I think you really see him kind of break down in interesting, complex ways. And I really want to shout out Xander's performance on that in particular. Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's great. And what's great about Xander's uh, like normal performance is that it's it's you're right, it's professional, it's put together to the point that it sounds almost natural. Like you could yep. listen to the performance for most of the show and think, I don't think he's acting. I think that's just how Xander sounds normally. Which you know, if you've been following his career for a while, you know that that's not just like his natural speaking voice. But he delivers it in such a convincing, put together way. That it sounds like he's just talking into a microphone. It doesn't sound like he's acting. It's like that's just the character speaking naturally. And I appreciate I that because that's hard to do. I think the interesting thing about Xander's Yamamoto is that it, ironically enough, sounds way more rehearsed than even his idol compatriots. Yes, it does. Like, he's, he he's had carrying to really hone this manager professional persona over a long time, because his actual real self is kind of a kind of a dirtbag. I believe it. Well, I mean, mm. t- to be fair, are there any managers who aren't dirtbags? Oh, In the geez, music industry? Point made. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it's uh, not like he's in good not... company. 
Uh, but someone who is not a dirtbag is uh, Shooter Mai because as I mentioned before, he is, he's, a, he's a truly character. good boy who did absolutely nothing wrong. He's just, he's just a sweet lad who's in over his head. Yeah. <laughs> like in, in, this, in a show like this, something bad should happen to him. Like, good, kind-hearted people like this don't live very long in shows like this normally. So the fact that he does make it out, not just alive, but with, you know, the money, is is yeah. nice. I appreciate that. Thank I you, show, for not killing him. It's literally because Odakawa was willing to save him and throw people like Dobu and Yano in under the bus. That's no, under true. Under the taxi. My, my, I should have <laughs> prefaced. Under the odd taxi. You're right. If it wasn't for Odakawa, we'd have one less Shun Amai in this show. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. Because it's very much Odakawa being an active protagonist pretty much made this whole thing stick. But, no, I think the, I think the fun thing about Sean, which... Good for Sean getting to be in more, like, furry anime stuff. Good for him. Ah! Yep. <laughs> I, I, I think I remember him saying, like... He, he made up, like, a tweet thread, like... A few months before this got announced, man, one of the, if I ever got an odd taxi, if I ever saw, like, odd taxi auditions in my inbox, I would really want to try out for this one character or, like, Shun Amai and just give it my all. Surprise, Several bitch. months later, guess what? I'm Shun Amai. I'm like, good for you, buddy. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, I, it's also nice that he gets to play an idol sad who is not dubious for once. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I'll say this. I was expecting this character to be a bigger asshole than he was. I love Cause, him. Because he kind of shows off as, like, a little bit sneaky at first. When it's like, he's like, I don't have a lot of money. Can you drive me a little bit farther? Uh, what are your favorite numbers? Okay, cool. I'm going to go buy a lotto ticket. It's like, you still had money? <laughs> but, no, he's just kind of a good kid who works hard and supports his favorite idols. Just a shame that half of them are involved in Yakuza conspiracy, or dead. Actually, all of them are involved in Yakuza as conspiracy or dead. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, none of these girls are clean. Sorry, your faves are problematic, buddy. I love Amai. Amai is uh, precious. Yeah, I think I think Sean's definitely very charming and a lot of fun as Shun, and I th I think he was a nice. A nice, like I said, in a, in a show like this where everybody's got a lot going on, I feel like having those people that are genuinely decent is, is nice and refreshing in a show like this. Mm -hmm. I love Amai. It, it's it also, makes me very happy yeah. that Sean voices Amai <laughs> after what was <laughs> the, what was ended up being one of my favorite fucking Matsuno brothers, Mister Otsumatsu. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was the shitty otaku the idol shitty stand otaku in that. Idol yeah, stand in that too. In this one, he's the he's okay. Still, he's the good sweet otaku boy. idol stand. He's the good. Boy. He's still otaku. Yeah, he's still an otaku, but at least. What I appreciate about in this show is also that, yeah, he's a fanatic for the team, but he's also looking out for other people, too. Like, when he gets oh, yeah. the million dollars, he treats Otakawa out to a nice night out with four women, if you know what I mean. So that's a refreshing thing as well. And then, like... Like, you know that even... if uh, Kabasawa got that money, you know he would take the money and run. Oh, yeah. 
like even then like at the end of when we're in the final episode and everything's like getting resolved and all the fun stuff and Amai does actually get the money in his hands he's like here Otakawa have it the cops recovered a good <laughs> portion of it they couldn't get all of it but here's most of it he just gives it all to Otakawa like he, your face would never <laughs> I love Amai he's yeah. such a good cinnamon yeah. roll child I love him he is He's, he's well cast yeah. and he carries the role. He's my favorite. And, I, and I, yeah, you can tell like the the level of charm and energy that Sean puts into it mm. absolutely shines through. Yeah, and uh, moving to uh, Jenny Okabori as uh, Chiho. I as a, as a Islander here, uh, Chiho's a good job kind of being the one who's sort of stuck in the middle of this whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's, yeah, I feel. Yeah. She does a lot. She she's kind of stuck in this situation. She she let she let's talk about class, shall we? Let's talk <laughs> about class mobility. Oh. When you are born poor, ladies and gentlemen, I know none of you know about this, but when you're born poor, you don't have a whole lot of options for class mobility. You can get lucky. You can give up and stay where you are, or you can go option three. You can scam hardworking innocent monkeys out of their money. And tried to join an idol group. The That's all that she has got going for her. And the reality is, it's not she. She's an idol, but she's less ambitious about being an idol than the rest of them. In reality, at this point, yeah. In reality, she wants a sugar daddy, and I do, in fact, mean the actual term sugar daddy. She wants someone to spoil and pamper her and give her the easy life. Which, let's but she's stuck in the middle of the Yakuza shenanigans and is being used by them to basically fuck over naive, love-struck, poor idiots mm. like good old uh, don't, don't put the word good old. Uh, okay, 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 I gotta read. Okay, I gotta read. You have to rephrase your phrasing a bit there. She's not trying to sucker poor, you know, poor suckers. He's trying to get. He's trying to get rich, old man. Yeah. Uh, Kakihara. Uh, Sorry, he's a poor, yeah, unfortunate soul. But yes, she legitimately thought that he was like loaded, mm -hmm. because it turned out lying about your thi what you bring to the table on the internet is called catfishing. That's actually a crime. Me. The funniest thing, I remember watching that when he, like, hit yes on, like, an 18-year-old girl. I was like, oh, no, 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 buddy, no. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's because you lied about your fucking income. Mm -hmm. He lied about a lot about of things. He lied about yeah. a lot of things. You see, uh, none, nothing what you read on the internet is really true. None of us are actually podcasters either. We're all just four kittens in a coat. I was going to say <laughs> I was gonna say penguins, because penguins are You're very dupli- No, wait, no, we're geese. We're all geese. You're a ge We're assholes. Elite. <laughs> we are geese. We are assholes. We commit crimes and we nip at your feet and then steal your shit. We got three layers of teeth in our mouth. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. Uh, what's not the worst is Jenny's performance as She-Ho. Uh, fitting to the fact yes. that she is um, yeah, she is the least ambitious of the three idol girls. She's, all, she's given the... Um, I don't want to say the most normal of the voices, but uh, the the pitch with the least 
quirks to it. Uh, whereas Amanda and Kaylee yeah, have okay. their own um, eccentricities that really make them stand out a little bit more. Jenny's acting is uh, is in the mid tenor range. Uh, is kind of uh, it's not monotone. That's I'm kind of struggling with the words because saying normal doesn't sound right because as we've established from ten million years of doing this podcast, there's no such thing as a normal voice reserve that's there you go that's a good word for it she's got the most reserved delivery of the three of them it's fitting for the character and it helps differentiate shiho vocally from uh rui and yuki so i appreciate that i i I think she's got a very interesting arc but i think hers isn't as focused on as after the badger game it's basically just like oh this dude got beat up and her role in the story is more or less done, mm-hmm. which is probably a good thing for her role to have ended there because having her role continued, you could end up like Yuki Mitsuya or God, what was her actual name? Canon, I think. Was it? Waka- Wakamatsu or Wagamatsu? Don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember what the actual name was, but the thing I appreciated about Kayla's performance was I didn't even see he actually had to get right was. She had to do a really good job of making you for of making you forget about this character as much as you possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, she she was sweet. She was she was sweet. I just like fried chicken. Playful and completely unassuming. As, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, you actually do see her doing a couple of clearly suspicious things very early on, but Asuna does a very good job of just making you forget. Does she do it? Yeah. Wait, like yeah, what? She doesn't- the phone. Uh, uh, oh, the phone! Seat, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah, 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 you see her. Yeah, you see her putting the phone in Otakawa's car. Oh, she did a good job of making you trying to make you forget. About I did not know. I thought it was the manager who did that. I I totally missed that. No, no, no. no it was, it her. was her. Okay, no, I missed that. Yeah, because you're right. I did forget about that. Because yeah, all she's doing the 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 one clue that they kind of give about the fact that she's not who she says she is is that when they're flashbacking in I think it's the first episode and they show them performing before uh, they start taking off, the camera does not show you uh, Yuki's face. face. Yeah, it's back to to the camera. It shows you the other two without the masks on, but it does not show you hers. So, but that's something that you really only pick up on after watching the whole show. On a (laughs) rewatch. Yeah, yeah. and there's another thing, there's another, uh, not as obvious thing, but that that, like sits out of some in hindsight. Uh, During the the whole extended flashback with the group, and as uh, she first joins the group, he very specifically mentions that she was fourth in line. Yes, she was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it was basically all I have to do is take out one of the competition and I'm a shoe in. <sighs> and she was right. That she was. Which, man, I love how, like, genuinely cute and sweet Kaylee is as fake Mitsuya. Like, I love in that last episode where she's, like, got this, like, she's just this cute little girl. Like, oh, hey, that's the girl. That's the idol. Oh, that's the other idol girl. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's even more startling in the very last episode is because throughout the whole show, it's hard to get a gauge on some of the ages of the characters just because of the character designs. But when we see her in her human form and she's got, like, the uh, up pigtails, like, she looks way younger in human form than she does in cat form. So it's like, wait, she just went from, like, late high school age to, what, 10? And she's the murderer? She She's probably, like, 14, 16-ish. Yeah. But 
it you she definitely looks way long younger than you assume and you're like oh this is a cute little girl oh she's gonna fucking kill him the the, the one yeah. thing the one and then the show the, just then the show just ends <laughs> yep which well, that is as amazing and as diabolical a place to end your show as anything oh uh, and hence his ungodly noises for five minutes after watching the show i'm sure there's a a compilation of uh youtube videos where it's like film the last minute of odd taxi and show your friends his reaction so oh my god noah Noah, there was a specific there was a specific way you described the end of this show and you're like this show basically ends like the only thing that could have made the ending of this more perfectly... Oh, yeah. Or the only thing that could have made the ending more perfect is if they were playing Don't Stop Believing and then <laughs> cut out. It's such a cliche to compare the, this to the final episode of The Sopranos, but it's hard not to make that comparison because it has a very similar stop ending where it's like, where's the rest of it? You mother... Especially when you know her intent to kill... To close up all loose ends, and one of those loose ends is Odakawa, oh, and then man. stop. But you no, just... I, I want to give shout outs to uh, Jenny's sincere, reserved uh, Shiho, as well as uh, Kaylee Mills's adorable, sweet, unassuming mastermind. Oh man! I don't know if mastermind is the right yeah. word because they no one suspected her. It's not like she was pulling the strings of the Yakuza. Spanish Inquisition. No one suspects number four, but it's yeah, it's true that her performance is so unassuming because she's so peppy and upbeat, and and she's right. Fried chicken is delicious. I just made fried chicken this week. It's delicious. So yeah, Kaylee's performance here it it just makes the uh, the reveal in that last minute of the final episode all the more startling. Oh yeah, it gives it gives huge meaning to the whole what the fuckery that just happened. Kaylee Mills was Tim yeah. Curry all along. Man, speaking of uh, what the fuckery. Yeah, and then you have uh, eventually is uh, Rui, who is a lot. The, Rui is basically, I will achieve anything for my dream. Yup. Period. Yup. <laughs> to the point that she considered murder. She contemplated. Oh, 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 she, oh, 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 Oh god, oh that wasn't god. the first episode, wasn't it? Fuck they were me. Projecting that pretty early. I mean, she didn't do the murder, but she con- she considered it. She was going to take the real Yuki out look, before someone beat her to look, it. Look, let's look. Who hasn't at least thought a murder or two in their time? Doesn't mean you're gonna just like, "Hey, I've contemplated it." Stephanie, are you okay? Stephanie, bl- Stephanie, um, just um, send us a DM oh if you're in danger. We'll we'll send someone your way. It's okay. Oh, you don't have Steph- to face this alone. Oh, Stephanie, don't worry. <laughs> I'll never let anything happen to you. What he doesn't realize is ISIS typed <laughs> in the chat. People can't see the chat right now. <laughs> All I wrote was just help. Oh, sweetie. 
Your please fall on deaf ears. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I want to know what wow. foreplay no. you two get into. As I as I type, <sighs> save me in the chat now. But yeah, no. I, I I think like legit like Amelie's like strength and conviction as Rui in like her episode, but also like her very cute outward persona, idol persona is that it, it's like it, you can definitely say it's. It's not exactly original to see like two faced like idol performer, but oh, I oh no, absolutely not. But so. I, I absolutely think like Amelie absolutely sells everything that makes Rui Nikaido. Oh, that was that was yeah. sorry. That was the other um, Satoshi yeah. Kone comparison. Was that there was definitely some um, um, perfect blue. Thank you, perfect blue um, parallels there. Okay, I, I guess you can kind of say there are yeah. I don't know if it was, like, a direct inspiration, but, I mean, we've discussed Idol, and the entire entertainment industry is, it's freaking nuts as it is, so you, you can draw a lot of drama out of people in that industry. Oh, yeah, the mm -hmm. the Idol, the comments of this about the Idol industry are very much, hey, if you're going to get ahead, you will do anything. Yup. Yep. That means relying on Yakuza for favors... Killing and <laughs> murdering your uh, compatriots, uh, drinking the blood of your enemies, probably. Is this, uh, is this where sacrifices <laughs> to the devil? Okay, this <laughs> went a little off the rails more than I was going. We're losing the plot a little here, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, th this but, was yeah, going to turn into Chicago the musical any minute now. <laughs> he had it coming. He and had, all he had just... it coming. <laughs> <laughs> no. You went for the wrong side. Oh. Hey, it worked. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, speaking of songs, uh, Amelie, Jenny, and Kaylee sing good. Oh uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, definitely not surprising giving Amelie's extended career in that, but yeah, they sing real good. Wow, I can't believe that VTuber is also a good anime singer. Who'd have thunk it? Oh my god! Dun dun dun. God, that's still that's still one of the most ridiculous things I had ever seen. Is that people were like, "Wow, I didn't know the VTuber like made songs or acted in anime." Oh. It's like, she's been doing that way longer than she's been that's... in Monarch. Now, to, to, okay, I'm like not going to hold that against some people because not everyone knows where someone gets their start. It's like how we don't get mad at people for saying this newbie voice actor when they you know they've been doing it for a when while when they've been in the industry for a while yeah I, I, it's the same I, I guess it is the same principle that's fair but it, no, it, it just, it just I, seems I, silly I mean, to okay, me I mean okay I mean it, yeah, I'm like literally I would like literally I listen to like Abba Lee covers all the time and I, and I was like wait she does voice acting too yeah that was my impression when she started yeah, getting yeah, yeah, more known in voiceover yeah, 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 yeah that was literally me like I <laughs> listen to her songs and I like and then I like went over. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a voice acting credit. So cool. Yeah. The, in, instead of um, this voice act, this is a VTuber can sing. It was more like this: uh, the, the Lee and Lee person can voice act. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, more or less. But no, I think Amelie absolutely kills it as the Kaido. Well, they all do. She didn't kill it, but she will. Uh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> waka waka too. waka. Uh, yeah. Fucking hell. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that was the idol people. industry, ain't it a bitch? Yeah, but, yeah, that was the idol industry, but now it's time to talk about the Yakuza. <laughs> ah, something more lighthearted. Oh, Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so next up we have uh, our antagonist and their boss, who is just kind of here by association. Uh, so we have Dobu, Yato, Toko Takaguchi, and Kuroda. 
Uh, so Dobu is a local local Yakuza thug who works on the Corona, and after being asked by his boss to help track out the missing Yuki Mitsuya and, you know, making some threats, he recruits his Udakawa to teaming up with him to help him pull off a bank robbery. Because, of course. Yeah, uh, Yana with another one of Corona's subordinates and has a long-standing rivalry with Dobu over who gets to make more money for their boss. And he also speaks entirely in rap, therefore making him the most entertaining character in this show. Yes, he yeah. is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, which we uh, we discovered upon um, like wondering, like, why was this character written into here? Was that it, it was probably written specifically with the original Japanese seiyu in mind. Because they, oh, yeah, but they do they the opening. The, yeah, uh, yeah the they're, opening? Also a, they're also a professional rapper. Yeah. I also find it funny with that knowledge in hindsight. The very first time you hear the verses drop is when they're showing Yano. Yeah. On his scooter in the opening, you're right. Uh, so continuing, uh, Sekiguchi is Yano's bodyguard and enforcer. And lastly, Corona is the boss at the top of this whole organization. And is weirdly one of the few characters in this show who is actively not up to something. Uh, in reality, he actually <laughs> helps front a non-profit organization to... Look after orphans who watch their family in traffic accidents. I.e. Otakawa and the Diamond Brothers. He weirdly means well, despite the fact that his subordinates are actually the fucking worst. Yeah. Yeah. It really... He gets involved... Yeah, it raises raises the the age-old question, you know, uh, is it better to um, do some bad for the good of all? And uh, I guess in his case, we have to assume, sure, it's okay to be a bad guy. Yeah. And so, so typically he gets involved with this whole tebang because he's close friends with the real Yuki Mitsuya's father. And when she went missing, he tried to get Dobu to, Dobu to look into this whole thing. Yep. And that went very poorly. <laughs> yeah. it, it is very interesting in hindsight with the context that, like, their goal, the one thing the boss wanted was for them to never kill. Yep. Which, that was such rule. a... That puts uh, all of Dobu's actions throughout the show in in much different context. Every time he threatened to kill someone. Dobu's actions in a different light. Okay, it puts okay, more uh, Yano. Yeah, because Yano absolutely broke no. the rule. Yano broke but, yeah, the rule. Yeah, Yano broke the rule. But Dobu, but Dobu threatened to kill uh, multiple people quite a few times with his gun. And in you know rewatch, you realize he was never going to do that because he had that. I mean, I did it a couple of times where he did maybe seriously contemplate it, but he probably would have done it. Yeah, Yano, I absolutely like. They never explicitly say if Yano has, but he he has. One hundred percent, Yano has. Like he cleaned up a body, which granted they didn't do, so it's still fair game for the boss's no killing policy. Yeah, they had to get Yano because Harvey Keitel wasn't available for this movie. God damn it. <laughs> I like Pulp uh, Fiction. Uh, anyway, I think that yeah, one anyway. went over my head, actually. Yeah. Oh, have you uh, not seen but... Pulp Fiction? Oh! <laughs> oh, okay. Babe, I'm the one who hasn't seen Pulp Fiction. Remember? I didn't remember the character's oh. name. Okay. Uh, the, the character's okay. name is The Wolf, but it's Harvey Keitel. <sighs> okay, ah, got it. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't remember that. He wasn't a porcupine. Uh, so, uh, anyway, playing Dobu, we have uh, Patrick Seitz. For Yano, we have Darius Johnson. For Takaguchi, we have Chris Tegliafera. And for Karuna, we have Bob Carter. Uh, Patrick Seitz has played such characters as Endeavor in My Hero Academia, Roxas Dryer in Fairy Tale, and it was I, Dio, in the Joseph's Adventure. <laughs> it has to be written like that. You can't just say Dio. You have to call him that by that. Of course. Uh, pretty much. 
Uh, Darius Johnson is actually a pretty fresh face on the anime front. The only other credit I could find for him anime-wise was Alan in Kuroko's Basketball Last Game. Uh, he's also done some commercials for Nickelodeon and such. Good for um, him! Uh, yeah, uh, those were pretty much the credits I could find on his uh, on his page. I couldn't... I'm sure he's well, done some other, I'm sure he's done like some other credits, but those were what was on his webpage, so... That's all I got. What, what wasn't what wasn't he the lead singer in a in a '90s band? Uh, what was it called? Hootie and the Blowfish. Maybe Noah. Like I said, Noah, you are you're pulling a boomer right now. None <laughs> of us are gonna get what your joke you're making. Okay, the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish is Darius Rucker. Ah, oh, yep. gotcha. Look, if you had Noah here, maybe you could have gotten that. But that one, you got a little play with here. I am Noah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you? <laughs> I read Amon. What is what, did I was about to say? I think you were trying to say Amon there. Whatever. Uh, did you? Anyway, did you anyway to take uh, medication. Yeah. So anyway, continuing. Uh, Chris Ugly Ferris plays his characters as Akiyotaka GT in Jujutsu Kaisen, Graves and Sword Guy, and Iago Hanakata in Mobile Suit Gundam Narrative. Lastly, Bob Carter is plays his characters as Jack Smith in Line Barrels of Iron, Ober Justice in Space Patrol Luluko. And Bojack and Dragon Ball Z, Bojack and Bound. Oh my god, he is Bojack. Yeah, so I feel like we can start with Bob Carter since Corona isn't in the show too much, but he does have an interesting presence. He's got a he's got a very chill like this. It has the energy. He has the energy of authority, yeah. but at the same time, it's very like a low key, subtle kind of. He knows he has power, but he doesn't come across as needing it is what i would describe it where it's like he has power he has influence mm -hmm. but the most you really see him do is just enjoy a steam bath and chill yeah that's really it and also give kakihana a heart attack because he doesn't realize he's wearing headphones which was a pretty good gag that was good yeah that's yeah, that funny <laughs> it was but it was also kind of stupid <laughs> Oh, it was fun. Kakihana's just a straight up idiot. <laughs> I just say, like, e even if you're not, com even if you're not committing crime, who talks about their casual what they're doing over the phone where anyone can hear them? I mean, uh, I uh, okay, okay. To be fair, he was uh, to be fair, he was not committing crime. He was just very specifically, I think, asking nobody to look into something for him. I guess still, it's still like if I'm doing if I have a business call, I don't just sit back in the living room and be like, yes, talk to me about uh, uh, confidential information and proprietary Yeah, that's because you're not an asshole. Where anyone can hear me. I guarantee you there are business authoritative assholes that like to make their business known in public. Well, we, we don't deal with those people. So, but yeah, but yeah, I like Bob Carter and all the things he was in Corona, and I kind of liked his couple of conversations with Otakawa. I'm like, like it's like it's supposed like the first one where they're just kind of like in the bath together, and I think like you can tell that like Kuroda definitely remembers who Otakawa is, but Otakawa doesn't remember who he is. Yeah, because he said that he'd only met him once. Yeah. So that would make sense. Um, the the other thing about Bob Carter goes back to uh, something else that I was saying about making characters sound different, even if they have uh, similar energies to them. So with Bob Carter, we start to get into the low voice characters. And we've got a couple of them that we're going to talk about coming up here. Um, but Bob's lower voice is older sounding than the other low voices. 
So you've got uh, a different dynamic, a different way to deliver low bass sounding voice without sounding similar to the other low sounding characters we're going to talk about, including one in this very section. So that that helps him uh, stand out in the couple of lines that we hear him say. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah, and I also kind of uh, wait uh, the final scene he's in. So, and the final scene he's in where Odakawa kind of, you know, answers the money and tells him to, like, use it for as much good as he can, and that, and that uh, Odakawa mm-hmm. knows that this guy has kind of, you know, probably done some shady stuff in his day, but he's just, like, really grateful to him for everything he's done. And, mm-hmm. and, and I guess Bob does a good job of kind of, I, I guess, getting that <laughs> acceptance across really well. Yeah. Like, I understand that the, the idea, the, like, the core idea in pop culture of the Yakuza is that they, they they do shady stuff, but it's mostly for the better of society. It's to help people who can't get help anywhere else. So, I guess in that sense, it's a positive representation? Question mark? It shows all sides of the Yakuza in a very complicated, interesting way. It... it... It's why I joke and say this could be a Yakuza game, and that it shows both the good and the <laughs> bad light that the Yakuza can have on society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, this man who runs the Yakuza is genuinely a benefactor to those who are, like, tossed aside by society. Yeah. But also his underlings are fucking scumbag, shitty he- weirdos. Well, to be fair, the underlings probably yes. don't realize what he actually does. No, they're just interested in making that bread. In the case of Dobu and Yano, Speaking all they them, care about is being the number one favorite. <laughs> they want... Yeah, it's... The... It, it really is kind of a dick-measuring contest yes. when you think about it. Between those two? Yeah. Absolutely. And it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, moving on to uh, Chris Oliveira uh, uh, as Hekaguchi. He, uh, he does a uh, he does a good job, you know, playing the very intimidating bodyguard. Chris Turgliaferra has a very polar bear. Chris Turgliaferra is one of those men who has an extremely distinct, really striking voice, and I love oh, yeah. it every time it comes up. Oh yeah. Like, even if he's not doing that much in the grand scheme of things, he's very intimidating and striking in this role in particular. And it's a ton of fun, and he's a good little... uh, It's also just fun watching big man, very powerful, very commanding voice responding to tiny, small, little rapper porcupine. (laughs) Or hedgehog. Is it porcupine or hedgehog? I think it's a porcupine. Yep. Uh, he specifically referred to himself as a Pokemon. Got it. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Little little porky head. Shithead. But yeah, I like uh, so, I like Chris in this. I don't have much else to really add to that. Yeah. Uh, so, oh yeah, uh, yeah, he's a fun presence. He uh, he bounces off of Yano really well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And then we do have Yano, who is. I was surprised by Yano. So. This is absolutely my first time uh, listening to Darius Johnson as an actor Same. and a performer. Color me impressed and putting you immediately on my fucking radar. Holy shit. And the fact he had to like rap, the ma- rap and rhyme the majority of his lines. Maybe 98 to 99%. The five percent is like him getting frazzled. Like it's yeah, 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 yeah there's that, 
Yeah, there's exactly like one scene where he is not rapping. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but I think that's a really interesting scene in and of itself. Because it's just like, he, he the entire show, he's kind of in control and he knows it. And he wants to boast and brag in all of his rhymes. And then the second that Yano loses control of the situation. He can't keep the act up anymore. It's like, yeah. oh shit, oh fuck, I fucked up. Oh god, oh god, what the fuck are we gonna do? <laughs> to which even like Sekiguchi's like... He rapping in that last episode. And yeah. then even in Sekiguchi's like, oh god, you dropped you dropped the rhymes. You busted the rhymes. <laughs> Like, sir, you're not rhyming anymore. And he's like, what the fuck, Dobu? But no, the fact that not only did he... Ha- Here's the thing. Not only did he have to sell the the freestyle verses, mm-hmm. he had to make it intimidating. Yes. He had to make... Not only that, he had to make that flow in anime dubbing. Yeah. Do you yeah. know how fucking hard that must have been? To not only do that, but to make it flow? Yeah, Yano yeah. as a character in of itself I is a difficult beast, both for the voice actor involved and for the writer. Because trying to, like, make some most of the stuff match the lip flaps, that's a Herculean task. But to have the actor themselves also keep that flow and rhythm like you were just saying... Oh, sweet lord. Like, that's impressive. It truly is. Yeah. And, like, Darius... Darius brought it. And yeah. Expare a thought for not not just the writers, not just the directors, not just the actor, but the audio engineer yes. as well. Because I guarantee that they had multiple takes uh, of him, and they had to line all of them up to make sure that they all, you know, matched up with going on on the screen. That is also really yeah. hard to do. Like, anything involving rhyming or... Any kind of like rhyme, rhyme singing or like freestyle rap kind of deal in a dubbing situation like this. Holy shit. Like, bravo, kudos to all the people involved in that. But yeah, he, he yeah, this, he, it sounded he's great. He's really intimidating. He's really impressive. And, oh, yeah, okay. Darius is somebody who's going to be on my radar for sure. Yeah, this had to be a very extremely hard performance tech-wise, but they pulled it off. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially for Darius's case, where it's a very, very, like, new-to-anime world. So, it's, it's... If only they would use his skill and dub some other anime with rapping, uh, competitive rapping, as a plot point to it. Uh, if, uh, uh, if only the actually were dubbing Hypnosis Mike. Wh- hypnosis Mike. Oh, Hypnosis Mike. Hyp- is where you go with this. Hypnosis Mike is really great, and it's a shame they never dubbed it. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. But now they can. Well, maybe. <laughs> no, maybe probably not. not. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, and then we move on to the other low-voiced character who I was yeah. going to get to, Dobu. Point by Patrick Sykes himself. There's, 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 remember uh, what I said uh, earlier? Uh, yeah. Your favorite is problematic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is this guy's your favorite? I'm not gonna say yeah. he's my favorite, really? but I think he's one of the most. He's your husband. He is so compelling to watch. He is actually, and he's yeah. such a oh yes, yes. garbage piece of shit. He is a garbage, like the <laughs> biggest piece of shit. 
Oh, I would say he's the most. But, but, I, but, I, but, he doesn't murder anyone. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, he, well, yeah, he doesn't murder anyone, but he is like, but he is pretty normal. He's pretty bad. He's pretty bad because he's not looking out for anyone but himself. Uh, so he doesn't, he doesn't have that, and he's not even aspiring to be anything more than just the biggest uh, money maker yeah. for his boss. So yeah, he's neither uh, righteous nor ambitious. He, he's got, he's, he does, he's intriguing but he's not like i said that's what it is is that he is he's in the grand scheme of things basically just a low-class criminal mm -hmm. but he's mm -hmm. as compelling like you say in his his grand scope is not ambitious his goal is just i want to please the boss it's really not the reality is his it's, it's determination too... by robbing up his bank. determination is staggering not only to please the boss but to fuck over yano and he will do anything and use anybody to get his way i just want to say i really appreciated that patrick just had like the right amount of gruffness to his voice where he sounded like he sounds intimidating and menacing but you know but more like a you don't want to cross this guy way the big like actively scary yeah he accomplishes that by um standing out from bob's uh, lower older voice by having like a rasp and a rumble into his voice, which you know Patrick's used that voice before for other tough guy performances, but because he has to stand out from the other low voice characters and be not the uh, smartest person in town, he, yeah, he adds that very rough voice to him, almost like he's whispering some of his words, especially in the scenes where he's conversing with Otakawa. He speaks all of his words like this. It's not an intimidating kind of voice. He's just kind of mum saying it into the microphone. But if you mess with me, I will mess you up, I will taxi driver. And, and then, like, so another part with Patrick Otakawa. Uh, not Otakawa. Wow. Um, Dobu. We're not on Otakawa right now. Uh, another part with Dobu, it kind of circles back to when we were talking about um, Zeno's Kawasawa, where fucking. So, Dobu may come off as an asshole, and a dick, and a cut, and like a low-life criminal. And a deadbeat abusive piece of shit. Right. But he has his moments where That's he pretty means well. Like, the whole thing with Kabasawa at the fucking pier wharf shit. Like, this dude has basically just been kind of flaming him now online see, and turning yeah. him into a pariah. He and his first thought is, killed his man, man, you're kind of fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like, and then he's, like, sitting there giving him like, a lecture, basically. Like, he's basically telling him what I'm assuming Kuroda was, uh, you know, inspired... Uh, instilling into him as well because yeah. he flat out says you need to find yourself a mentor you need to find Absolutely. someone who you can confide in and who will lead you on the path of righteousness who will lead you on the path of righteousness you can tell that dobu has a lot of respect for his boss a hundred percent so what you're saying is kabasawa easily could have become swayed by the yakuza <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, but I really did I really did appreciate how sincere Patrick's delivery was in that scene. It yeah. really added to it. But I think my favorite thing is it, yeah. yeah, but I think my favorite thing is after that whole scene where like Kavasawa's about to walk away, Patrick's like, No, no, you're, we're not done. It's like, no, sorry, you know, <laughs> like, we ain't done yet. Excuse me. Uh <laughs> I forgot some money for me. <laughs> he just hassles about his money. Yeah. 
He's like, I ain't, giving you the, the, I ain't giving you this life advice for free, buddy. Uh, okay, okay, no, specifically, he has to battle some money, takes his car, takes his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, I, I like that it's not under, like, duress. It's like, give me all your, give me your wallet. It's, it's basically, you can voluntarily give me what you think you should give me. And instead of uh, Kabasawa just saying, like, uh, here, I'll give you, uh, I got $5,000. Here's $5,000. It's like, okay, take my apartment, take my car, take my women, take my watch, take everything, okay. everything. I don't want any of it. He's like, all right, I'll let you live. I got a very expensive Speedo on right now. It's yours, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Lordy. So, yes, uh, not, not the, not the smartest gangsters but that's good because that means that nobody has to die in this show <laughs> at least well, when they don't have to <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the whole uh, thing, even like before he meets him I do appreciate Patrick's delivery, delivery when uh, Dobu just has like a very second reaction to what it was like to get canceled on the internet <laughs> also like <sighs> also Dobu it may be like a maybe a little piece of shit but also, I appreciate the fact that he's kind of lame sometimes. Yeah. I I think my favorite moment in the show is when he's literally going through his entire perfect crime heist operation, and he's like, I've got just the name. Odd Taxi. <laughs> yes! Like, thinking it's going to be so <laughs> cool, and then Odakawa's just like, yeah. am, I, am I supposed <laughs> to say anything? <laughs> This, the, the moment's over. Fine, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, I think my I think my favorite like Dobu like Dobu scene school, but it's actually kind of lame thing is like when uh, and then when we get to the whole reveal that all that yes, all these characters are actually human. Like we see all these characters, like they all you know look like relatively normal, like you'd expect. And it gets a Dobu, and he just like look, and he actually looks pretty lame. Yeah, he looks like a wannabe Yu Gi Oh <laughs> villain. So yeah, he just looks kind of lame and is kind of uh, lame. He's very fun, entertaining, and everything that Patrick Seitz puts into Dobu is absolutely, absolutely a treat and really carries it a lot to what I would say. I actually, you know what? If I'm going to say anything, I think Patrick Seitz as Dobu is probably like one of the most entertaining performances in the dub for me. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely up there. It is I, I was very... Very grateful for Dobu, not just because of Dobu himself, but because I hadn't really heard much that Patrick Seitz has been doing uh, in the last couple of years. It's been a while since I've heard. I haven't really been keeping up with JoJo, so it was really nice to hear him in a standout performance once again. Oh, yeah, I feel like he doesn't get casting major to... roles in top plans he used to. Uh, right. I still have... Wait, which is a shame because it shows he's clearly got the talent. JoJo. He he gets to be a dick in part three. And then he gets to show up again a few parts later, seducing a priest. Excuse me, what? Yes. Am I being? <laughs> am I be, what? Am I being hyperbolic or am I telling too... the truth? You'll never know. It's JoJo's bizarre adventure. Anything goes. So yes. <laughs> we don't have time for that whole other podcast. We need to move on from the gangsters to some genuinely good people, <laughs> or are they? Time for the okay. goodest people that did nothing wrong ever. Except a couple of them did. Hey, uh, so now it's time to move on to our final group of uh, characters. We have uh, some of Odakawa's friends and Odakawa himself. Oh, good, good man, Odakawa. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about uh, Mihoshi Rikawa, Aibu Goriki, Eiji Gakahara, and Hiroshi Odakawa. 
Um, so Goroki is Onokawa's position and friend. Ashirakawa is a nurse in Goroki's clinic who takes a sudden interest in Onokawa, but is secretly working for Nobu. Uh, used to be in a relationship with him and owes him a lot of money for paying off her debts. The only uh, student loan is bullshit. Cancel student loans. The only loans. reason why Otakawa decides to go along with Dobu's shit is mostly to help her. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Kakehara is a middle aged bachelor who's desperate to get married, so he tries to kick up a Chiho and gets caught <laughs> fist uh, extremely hard. He did it to himself. I really. He, he really did to himself. I'm sorry, Jet. When you, you said. He said he's a middle aged bachelor. I thought you said he's a middle aged I mean, bachelor. he's both. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is. I was like, wow, Jet's being really straightforward. Yeah, uh, Straight shooter yeah, there. And then uh, Otakawa is a grumpy middle-aged taxi driver who lives alone after his parents went missing when he was a child. And while working as a taxi driver, several of his passengers end up being connected to this show's central mystery, and he himself ends up working with Dobu to help Shirakawa break free of him. Otakawa is actually somebody who did nothing wrong. Yeah. Otakawa's the best. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah, which is impressive considering the show does a surprisingly convincing job of trying to convince you the entire time that, oh, this guy might have might actually have secretly murdered someone. Either murdered somebody or that he kidnapped the missing Narima girl. Yeah. But he was just chilling with a cat. Yup. There's a lot with Otakawa to cover. Holy hell. Wait! What? Hold the fucking phone. Oh, no. Eureka moment. Oh, no. What now? Otakawa crossed paths with a black cat. Yeah. Guess what fake Mitsuya was? You think that was. Black cat. Uh... Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Maybe it was just a coincidence. Maybe they didn't mean to make that comparison. Superstition and symbolism is never coincidence, even when accidental. It's it's just like uh, Jay. No. Uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien said symbolism is for third grade book reports. No, 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 you're thinking you're thinking of Garth, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, where it's like, I know writers who use symbolism and they're cowards. <laughs> they're cowards. <laughs> also true. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so uh, playing Gorky, we had David Mills. Playing Shirakawa is Lauren Landa. Playing Kakehara is Lucia Dodge. And playing Otakawa is Mac McFarland. Uh, David Mills has played his characters as uh, Kai and B-Stars, Alone in Sensei and the Lost Canvas, and Hero with Drifting Dragons. Lauren Lana has played his characters as Eddie Leonhardt in Attack on Titan, Nora Noragami and Tsukasa in Tsunigawa. Lucy Dodge has played his characters as Mahito and Jujutsu Kaisen, Zoe Sight in Abyssinia and Double Sailor Moon, and Lord Elmore II, aka Weaver Velvet, in... Lord Elmore II's case files, Replin Grace Note. And then, and then um, as for Mike McFarland, and while he is again better known for his directing credits, he's been voice acting in anime for over 20 years. I've neglected his voice to such characters as Master Roshi in Dragon Ball, Reacher Soma in Fruits Basket, Bucket of Cloud in One Piece, Going Body to Coward in the Funimation dubs of Blue Bottle Third, Gene Kirsten in Attack on Titan, Gordon the Creeper in Black Clover. Kotara Amon in Tokyo Ghoul, among many, many others. And the reason I mentioned more roles than usual this time around is because, despite being such an industry veteran, this is somehow his very first anime lead role, which yeah. is like, 
really, I, really he, shocking. I, I, I literally confessed to that on Twitter. I think it was. I literally point. looked up to. I. It was something that was said. I looked it up. My immediate thought was, bullshit. Went to like A and N Anime Planet and yep. even fucking behind the voice actors. And then it's like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. It took this long for Mike to have a lead role because he's a phenomenal actor. Like this, Otakawa is perfect for him. So, so <laughs> let's see. Where do I start with this? <laughs> where um, we begin? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think let's start with Gorky. I, I, okay. I, I would agree. Start with Gorky. Yeah. I'll definitely say I think it's an interesting to yeah. hear um, Goriki played with it by Damon's much gruffer. He's over there next to the desk. Okay, sorry. I thought the cat, cat. was. I thought the cat was going under the couch again. <laughs> and I was gonna be pissed. It was. It was very interesting to hear like Damon's much more like gruffer, gruffer tone of voice, which I think actually worked a lot more for Goriki because he is basically an older gentleman much like Otakawa in age. And the presence that we have for the majority mm-hmm. of the show is Goriki is a gorilla. He big gorilla. He's, he's a he's a big What do I look seemingly like to you? Big towering man yes. who is a, who is less about showing strength and more showing about like kindness and mm-hmm. sincerity to his friends and the people around him. Weirdly enough, but, if I was to compare, to compare this particular vocal registry to anything, I'd say it reminded me a lot of the character of uh, Professor Balam in Irmakun season two. Yeah, I think it's okay. like almost the exact same vocal registry. It's pretty close. I think Godaki might be a little bit lower. I think Godaki is like a is a middle ground between Professor Balam and then um, Yakov. Not Yakov. Fucking Yuri on Ice. The Yuri on Ice guy. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I know who you're talking about. But yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I think yeah. I, I think definitely the performance is very strong, and they do a great job making him sound very like tough, like almost tough and gruff and mean guy, but actually somebody who's really sincere, empathetic, and caring of his friends and the people around him. Mm-hmm. Like even like when Shirakawa is basically That's... stealing from him, he doesn't hold it against her, and is actually like willing to help her out. Yeah. Be- like, he closed this clinic because he doesn't want her to get in trouble because he immediately suspects her. And, you know, the reason why he seems to have that persona seems to have been from Otakawa because he recalls their conversation when they first met. Otakawa called him out as being a bit, uh, thinks more of himself than others because yeah. of his doctorhood. And yeah. that seems to have uh, changed a little bit of him. He's like, you know what? You're right. I do think that I'm but I, I have this air of I'm better than everybody else, and that's not good. That's that's not me. Mm-hmm. So and I'm going to hold- make strides to be better in the future. Yeah. And instead of like holding like a grudge or thinking like who's this fucking no rate taxi driver, he's like, oh shit, I am a bit pompous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should do something about that. Which I which honestly I do respect the hell out of like him doing that. And he goes through this whole saga to try and learn what the hell's wrong with his friend Otakawa. Yep. Because he's a strange one. He's a strange case. He's never seen anything quite like it. But he cares about the guy a lot and really wants to help him out. And I think it, it very much comes across completely in the English performance. Yeah. The, the one thing I disagree with uh, for what you said, Andrew, is that you, you use the word gruff to describe Damon's performance. I actually don't know if I'd use that term. And I was specifically listening for that. Uh, gruff I would use to describe Dobu, definitely. But I think Damon gave Goriki an intentional, not like a, a very, I don't know if suave is the right word for it, but keep the low tone, keep the low pitch, cool. but give it a sense of no, solitude. not cool. cool. I would say more of like, 
Professional. Professional. I would say I would say dignified. Yeah, dignified. I like that word. There we go. Dignified. I like that word better. Yeah, you're right, Jet. Yeah, that that's the word for it. It's what differentiates him from mob boss leader Bob Carter. It differentiates from from low level thug thug Patrick Seitz, mm-hmm. but while still having that that low pitch that you need for this character. Yeah. Again, good job on the director and the, you know, the staff and everyone else to have characters with similar tones sound distinct from one another. I I yep. I would say Goriki is the guy you go for wine tasting and talk about some some old stories and fun anecdotes. Yeah, probably. But yeah. Kakihana is the guy you want to get shit face, piss face, drunk with, and say the dumbest, stupidest, <laughs> cru- crudest shit in the world. Kakihana wants to do a keg stand despite the fact that his back isn't as good as it used to be. <laughs> I used to be big in high school. I used to play baseball. Yeah, I said I said this in the I said this in the Twitter chat, but I basically described Kakihana as secondhand cringe the character. Secondhand what? Secondhand cringe the character. Oh man, that's <laughs> Oh, that's on the money. Oh man. <laughs> one of the one of the fun things about actually watching things in a public environment, like the premiere of those first two episodes of um uh, Odd Taxi's English dub. One of the things that stood out to me immensely was everybody in that room fucking dying when he was going to like hit yes on the 18 year old girl on the uh. dating app. It was basically everybody being like, uh. oh, don't fucking do it. Don't you fucking do it. And then he clicked <laughs> it, and then everybody's just like, oh, oh. It's like, buddy, no, I... God, you're right, it is cringe. Mm. Oh, Kakihana is so cringe. But Lucian Dodge is delightful as Kakihana. He's got this very, like, old man... Like, old man... Old man... Okay, here's what it is. Hold on, okay. He... He wants to be young. And he wants to pretend he's still young and hot and he's got something going for him. But he so doesn't. Yeah, I don't know if I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, he doesn't come off to me personally as like he's not Matthew McConaughey in Days and Confused. You know, it's not that same kind of. I haven't accepted my age. It. I, I feel it's more like he's gotten older and he realizes there are less avenues for him to achieve things like happiness with a girl. So he's taking the few avenues still available, one of which being lying. Yeah, and. Uh, doesn't think that, doesn't accept that maybe you're just not going to get an 18-year-old uh, girl in your lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, the thing that Lucian uh, brings to the character is something that none of the other characters really have, is he stutters a lot of uh, his lines. There's a lot of, uh, you know, on um, uncharacteristic sounds, like, uh, 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 like that kind of speech delivery. Uh, to convey the uh, indecisiveness, the lying all the time attitude of Kakihana, and that's kind of hard. That's hard to do convincingly. Like here in podcast form, we can do that convincingly because we're making this up as we go along. But in doing it for a scripted show, for a character whose these lines were written down for the character, making that convincing 
is a really hard, is a really impressive feat. So I was really impressed that Lucian was able to do that so convincingly. Yeah. Lucian's great. I love <laughs> Lucian. Kakihana is a fucking dumbass and a loser. Also kind of heartbreaking to see him get fucking tortured. Yeah. That's the thing that, yeah, that's what makes him less, like, you don't dislike him. And especially when you see that, oh, poor guy. Yeah. Especially the phone call to his mom. Oh my like, God. That was sad. Man, that was, I think that was the moment it hit me. Like, oh, Yano's a monster. Yep. I was like, oh, hey, we're going to kill you. I'm going to let you call your mom. Here, call your mother. Tell her how much you love her. Which, I, I feel like you would assume that's an act of mercy. It's like, no, that's sadism. That yeah, is. Uh, as soon as yeah, I saw yeah, that scene, I, oh, yeah, I went to I did, my phone. Yeah, I think specifically it was less kill, but more, like, I guess figure out some way to make use of him. But, I don't know. It, it, ju it yeah, just we never felt, saw that. like, cruel. That was the thing. Like, the cruelty yeah, was yeah, a yeah, point. Yeah, 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 the cruelty was a point. Very, yeah, the thing that made it, like, really, really depressing was then, like... That's when Lucian was uh, delivering that whole thing, and Yano's just, like, in the background laughing. That was just like, ah. Yeah. And even then, yeah, like, when he's literally, like, pleading for, like, Shio's safety, and then it's like, you're doing this to, like, you're doing this because they're forcing you. And he's just, like, pleading and, like, in denial with himself and, like, freaking out. It's it's yeah. it's some heartbreaking yeah, stuff, and, like, Lucian absolutely has sold that completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the denial, yeah, like, the denial... He really sold that. It was it was pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the only thing that he doesn't really convey, and I don't know if this was in the Japanese either, is that he doesn't sound old. Uh, Lucian's voices it's higher pitched, it's goofier sounding, but it doesn't convey a sense of age uh, to me personally. He still sounds like he's like early twenties age, not the um, I, I think like early forties that he's supposed to be. Uh, Jet, since you watched this in Japanese, do you remember if? the Japanese voice for Kakahana sounded um, older yeah, than I mean, the English voice does. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was high pitched, but I think it did. It was high pitched, but I think it did sound like a little more age appropriate. And it's, okay. Yeah, I think, I think Lucian's, I think Lucian's performance still does like generally work, but it is a bit, a little bit of an odd direction choice. Yeah, I, I mean, another part of it too is like trying to like. So we get the and like last one of the last reveals is Odakawa's condition. Everybody's actually fucking human, and towards the end of it, you get to see the human, the actual what these people actually look like. And Kakihana, mm -hmm. he reminds me of Kakihana's human persona, like human, like actual human form. Um, kind yeah. of reminds me, um. You know the stereotype that is the, the stereotype of the trope that you see in shows sometimes of like, like the sneaky snake, like weaselly kind of character. That's the trope that it reminds me of. The character type, <laughs> except Lucian. Uh, like sorry. Lucian has the voice for that, but it doesn't fall into the trope of like hey 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 weaselly kind of thing. It doesn't fall too heavily into that trope, but it reminds me of that, if that makes sense. I'll say this. I also realized I thought he was going to get catfished when it turned out he was the catfisher himself. That's not how that works. Okay. You, you, you mean Shiho is going to get catfished, but she was the catfisher. 
Okay, I mean, okay, no, actually. Yeah, okay, yeah, Here's the thing. They both yeah, catfished but... each other in different ways. She ho catfished him because, like, it was a badger game and they were going to scam it out of money and all right. that. But no, he, like, was deceptive completely about his income. Everything. And he lied about that to get somebody to pay attention to him. And I think, like, that in itself is also as, like, deceptive, if but not more so. let's be real. The big... Between the two of them, Kakihana got catfished a hell of a lot more than Shio did. Let's be real. Yeah, but I, I think in general, it's just kind of like that whole, like, danger dangerous game about, like, being I'm not, deceptive I'm, in regards to love and companionship. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just also saying, between the two of them... <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, but yeah, I think that Luigi did a really good job of getting across how Betsy Kakihana's whole thing was. I think going again, that's like a thing that's more like on a part of the show in general. I think one of my favorite scenes with Kakihana, like after the whole thing happens, you see him like on the bridge, just like with the diamond ring, deciding what to do. And then he like throws it into the river to like seemingly just like forget about the whole thing. Yep. And like literally almost immediately he turns around to go fish it out. Honestly, I'd say pro- yeah. weirdly enough, one of my favorite scenes was actually less a scene where he's being pathetic and one where it's actually Otakawa rescuing him after yeah. he got like was on the verge of death and afraid and having a moment of like genuine nostalgia together. And it was like broken, like broken, tired people who have been through hell, having a laugh at something very silly from their past, and it was just kind of a nice moment. And I thought Lucian brought that level of sincerity to that really, really well. I, th- I, th- I think, like, even though it's it's not what I would expect for a character that's older, I think Lucian absolutely, absolutely nails everything that Kakihana needs to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Lord Landa Shirakawa, oh, which is... Oh, Shirakawa. So, <laughs> instead of catching these hands, catch these fucking legs, bro. Capoeira. What is the technique? Can, can, what is it called? Capoeira. Capoeira. Oh, uh, oh, oh, Kickshada. Kickshada. Kickshada, yep. Bro, do you even Kickshada, though? Can you, can you... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Lauren is delightfully, adorably sweet, cute, like almost femme fatale too. Even yeah, yeah, I would say like very early on, they she is definitely going for the femme fatale thing. Yeah, early on, absolutely. It kind of drops over time. It drops though. once like the facade is revealed, and then it's like, no, she's actually like scared but truly does care for the for this man that like was willing to give her an ear to listen and you can tell the feeling is returned in full because he basically turns himself into an action movie hero to try and save her and clear her debt mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i think lauren does a great job sounding very like sweet and reserved but also when she comes across more a little she can be very fun and silly and goofy and the fucking, like I said, the capo, the whole capoeira thing is so genuinely bad. one of the best payoffs in the show. Where it's like, oh, that's a funny little gag. And then it's like, no. She fucking pulls it on Yamamoto. It's she great. saves his life twice with yep. the power of her fucking legs. 
She should have been star of the Aquaman movie. But yeah, no, fucking, um, I think Lauren absolutely, like, is very sweet, tender, and compelling. And also, human Shirakawa. Nice. She pretty. <laughs> She's the one who, look, I feel like, looked the least like her uh, animal counterpart. I fully expected the reveal to show that she was always wearing, like, I almost like a burka or something to, you know, give the feeling of an alpaca fur covering that entire part of her head. But it's not. It's just her hair kind of has that look, but it's not long enough to cover the whole uh, top uh, of her gotcha. body. But, yeah, I, I I think Lauren is absolutely delightful in as this fun character, for sure. Very cute. She's very cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely liked her and a lot of her interactions with uh, Michael McFarlane and Otawa. They, and I think that like more than like every other character. I think Shirakawa does the best job of kind of bouncing off his very blunt personality. Yeah, because because she's somebody who kind of like challenges that in very good ways, both challenging like his loner personality and is like, "You care a lot, you fucking dork." But also kind of actually teases him and lets his guard down a little in ways that, like, he doesn't really ever do. Yeah. Like, they, they are very... Mm-hmm. I genuinely to... do like their relationship and dynamic. Like, you know what? Good, good, on, good on the two of you. Yeah, I mean, I hope that works out for the two of them. You know, yeah, if, if so he cute. doesn't get fucking off by, like, a teenage <laughs> idol. <sighs> if she doesn't pet... Pen him pen. to death. Oh yeah, she did have a pen in her hand. Oh god, yeah. That... As, 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 I'm as, assuming as, that's going to be her murder as, weapon as, choice. Yeah, I think the pen was actually. As, yeah, I think the pen is like specifically the thing she left in the car the first time. Oh. But yeah, no. Fucking goddamn this anime. Um. Anyways, yeah, no. I, I think Lauren as uh, Shirakawa is absolutely uh, precious. Adorable, and I would say it needs to be protected at all costs. No, she can she can protect she herself w- better than most. She's good. She doesn't need it. She's got the capoeira for days. She don't need no man. She, she's this independent woman. She don't need no man. She <laughs> has never skipped a leg day in her life. Nope. Yeah. One thing I will say just again in regards to like a general thing with the show's writing. I do, I do appreciate that even though the show does, like, bring up that she definitely has, like, a queer codependency problem that it doesn't go out of its way to, like, demonize her for. Yeah, it's just, like, it doesn't turn it into, like, a big hindrance for It her. doesn't, like, demonize her for trying to do that. It's, it, like, doesn't, she, it doesn't make it her character. She had a rough life, and, like, that was a way <laughs> to survive and yeah. manage. But she has also grown past that, and <laughs> I think, like, they're trying to be, like, she shouldn't be defined by the mistakes of her past. Yep. Which I think, you know, yeah, it's like... That's a lesson that all of them... I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's a lesson that all of them could really learn from, because the characters who uh, come out better on the other end at the end of the show are those who do uh, accept the responsibility of their past, but move on from it, sometimes with the help of others, sometimes mm-hmm. just by not wanting to go any further down. I don't think anyone, like, helped Actually, Tanaka out exactly. He just kind of, like... Well, I could have jumped off this bridge, but I didn't. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to delete the zoo game, and I'm going to start to get my life back together. Actually, Nikaido, too, for that matter, it's like, she was told to keep this secret covered up. And then the reason, like, she got in trouble is because 
she confessed to being part of covering mm-hmm. this murder. Yeah, it's heavily implied that she confessed to covering up Mitsuyo's death. Like, even if it ruined her reputation, it's like I, I mean, okay, I that. mean. I mean, she did. Uh, I mean, she was very specifically blamed for the murder, so it's not sure exactly what she confessed. But either way, it's 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 interesting because it's like basically those who accept it and those who deny it wind up differently on the other side. And yeah, I, I really mm-hmm. I really liked Lauren. And then there's <laughs> Hiroshi yeah. Otakawa. I love Otakawa so much. Oh boy, it's. Very impressive. This is a guy who... to basically make the star of your mystery drama crime thriller series what is basically a forty-something middle-aged balding kind of portly fellow who's just a taxi driver. Yep, I love it. And though. then make him genuinely. A interesting, compelling character that plays off of so many different people around him. Yeah. And is also dealing with his own genuine trauma, post-traumatic stress, and his own condition of how he sees the world. Like, mm-hmm. he is he is genuinely a traumatized person. A... Like, he, he, yeah. he is... That's one of the more interesting ways to see people cope with... Uh, to cope with um, yeah. what they've been going through. It almost reminds me of another anime where someone went through trauma and coped with it through slightly delusional activity. Andrew, would you, would you be interested in joining the school live club with me? Okay, I gotta say, I was not expecting a fucking school live callback tonight on the fucking Odd Taxi episode, but I'm here for it. I fucking... <laughs> yes, school live's so good. There's, yeah, uh, yeah, school live is not where I was expecting yes. you to go with that. I was expecting you to go, like, paranoid. I also I thought you were going paranoid, agent. <laughs> I mean, also true. Uh, it could go Anyways, in a couple different ways. But... but no, uh, I that... think... Otakawa was a really interesting character for a show like this. Mm-hmm. He's very snarky, reserved, blunt, and honest. Like, he doesn't make judgments, but he's also, like, going to speak what's on his mind, and he's not really afraid to do that. Yeah, he's definitely not a people person. Yes, that's a big thing, because... Well, he, well here's the thing. Mm. At the end of the show... When you're learning about Otakawa's condition, right? And you're yeah. Goriki gets the journal from the doctor in the hospital after the accident happens, right? And we are treated to this flashback mm-hmm. about f- through Babi Otakawa, um, where he... which I'm sorry, by the way, who do, do we know who voiced that? Uh, Brian the... oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the... Anderson. Yeah, yeah Brian Anderson. Gotcha. gotcha. And but proceed. Yeah, so through the flashback, the big thing we learn from little Otakawa is that is that he doesn't know how to handle people because he'd been bullied, he'd been teased as a kid, not just by the other kids in school, but by teachers too. So, mm-hmm. and then his home life isn't so great, so he doesn't know how to, like, talk to or interact with people because of all of this, like, trauma he's dealt with. So he... How he ended up coping was like he loved being able to look and, and look at the zoo animals. He couldn't, he can't look at a person in the eye, but he can look at a walrus in the eye, or at monkey. Or and not just zoo, 
or monkeys. Yeah, not just inside. zoo animals, but uh, the animals in that encyclopedia that, that his dad got him. Yes. The one good thing his dad ever did for him. Which, so, because of his, like, special condition after the accident, I feel like knowing that whole bit of backstory for him, it kind and then going back to everybody now being in human forms after the fact, it goes back to his trauma and not being able to look at actual people in the eyes and animals. So I think because of the whole animal thing, that's why he's blunt and open and honest with people. Because he has the confidence to talk to people. Because they're not people to him. They're animals. <laughs> and because that's something he's always been comfortable with. He can look at he can look another animal in the eye. He can't look a person in the eye. Yeah. Yeah, and again, another thing I appreciate about the show's writing is that, like, is that, is that, is that again, while the, is that again, while there is the obvious scenes about, like, if Odakawa is actually, you know, like, the one behind the kidnapping or not. Uh-huh. Like, even, like, even though Odakawa is, like, very clearly not a neurotypical person, like, I appreciate that the show just doesn't ever really demonize him for it. Yeah. Just, yeah, he's, a, he's just a guy. Yeah. That's true. He's, he's That's a true. weird guy, it, yeah. but he's a good guy. The show is going is is defying your expectations because not only do we tend to villainize uh, neurodivergent people, we also uh, villainize poor people, yes. people doing uh, what are seemingly like lower class jobs. And so, the, starting with that, the show twists that around and honestly should make you feel bad if you thought that going into this, if you saw his life and thought uh, this is going to be uh, like an unlikable guy, or yeah, he totally did the kidnapping. And by the end, you realize, no, he would never do that. Odakawa. And I feel bad for thinking that in the, the first best. place. Odakawa's the best. Yeah. And? And, my, and I love that Mike gets to voice him in this, like, uh, dry, uh, non-flustered, but, ve but very varied uh, voice. Yeah. Because it's the kind of voice where he can t convey seriousness, sarcasm, slyness, with just the subtle change in inflection or the way that he speaks while still keeping that same pitch throughout the entire show. You also see, like, a lot of interesting sides to Odakawa. I think one of the ones I was genuinely surprised about is there is a moment where his voice and inflection changes because he is literally having a panic attack. And like a tra like mm -hmm. trauma memories yeah. in the middle of like the car chase from Tanaka yeah. the skull mask, where it's just like he yeah. goes instead of like he, keeping like that cool level headed like dry wit, he's kind of like higher pitched. He's like, "What's going on? I don't like this. I don't like pain. Where are we?" Is like, "I don't like pain." Yeah. It was like reverting Death to like that childlike pain. panic. Yeah. I was like, "Wow." Yeah. That was that was surprising. Odakawa mm -hmm. goes places. It's like you you see like when he's genuinely like, but you also see him kind of be cool and like stand his ground when Dobu's threatening him. Yeah. And like when all these people are like throwing shit at him, it's like I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Yeah, yeah, it's good that Odakawa is a very grumpy person, which Mike gets across really well, but. But is also a person who, at the end of the day, very clearly cares about the people with his life who are important to him, and mm -hmm. I think Mike also gets that across really well. Oh, 100%. Like, he, he's not, I wouldn't, like, he doesn't care. He cares immensely. It's just, he's a very stilted person who has dealt with so much trauma and shit throughout his life that's hard for him to show it 
but when he shows that he cares, he really cares, and well, I, I think also, that's in a roundabout way for some of them. But he says, "Sorry." Uh, I was gonna say he he me mentions to Dobu that Kana Kakihana should probably die too, which you know it sounds harsh at first, but it feels more like in the way that Mike delivers it that he's he's bluffing, he's covering uh, so that uh, nothing actually does happen to Kakihana. It's like he's not even worth it. Dobu, don't hurt that guy. He's not worth the effort. What? Yeah, Odakawa is just a very, very interesting main character for a show like this. Yeah, he's... Odakawa, as a normal, like, as a main character, is not what you would typically associate as a lead character for an anime. This is not an anime protagonist. No, like, not in no normal sense. Like, you could, you could argue... Uh, a Shirakawa or maybe even a Dobu would be your typical protagonist, depending on the kind of show. <laughs> Dobu being your protagonist, okay. It depends on the show. <laughs> no, I'd like I to mean, see, if, like, he, if it's an isekai, like, like, imagine... Oh, no, 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 like, imagine a redux of this show, but instead of everything from Odakawa's perspective, it's all through Dobu's eyes. Oh god, that'd be interesting. But, like, the point is, Odakawa's not your typical anime protagonist. And that's perfectly fine. It it works, it works for the show so well for the show. And the twist about his condition and the trauma, and that basically we are seeing things through Otakawa's eyes the entire time. Like that's just a fun little story element to the whole thing that I really love. That's very cool. Yeah, it, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, How did I he know about all the parts he wasn't there for? I know. I, I do appreciate that the show does a really good. I do appreciate that the show does a good enough job of telegraphing it that it isn't even the big twist at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things. I kind, yeah. it was. I was starting to dawn on it a little where it's like, okay, maybe some of this is like, oh, maybe uh, the real uh, Yuki Mitsuya was adopted by the uh, by the uh, Don Raku guy, yeah, manager, and then it's like, oh wait, uh -oh. no. Fake Mitsuya, her mom's like a fucking anteater, or is, is like a fucking otter. So it's like, okay, the actual parent lineage thing isn't really about what animal you are. That's unrelated. It doesn't matter, because they're all just animals. Yeah. There's only like one or two instances where um, Otakawa makes a comment about the type of animal he sees, and it trips up some people. Like, he calls uh, um, Shino, uh, Shiho a calico, and that confuses uh, Yamamoto. He's like, what are you oh, talking right. about? Because he doesn't see Calico. You're right, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, yeah, and then you have, early on, you have Shirakawa. And Otakawa is just like, I mean, you're the only alpaca I've ever seen. And she's a little bit confused mm. by that, too, I think. If I remember right. Well, she's not even that. She, and she just kind of chuckles it off. Yeah, she laughs it off. That's what For it was. good reason, because, like, is that a compliment? I don't know. I've, at least he didn't call me a cow, she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. No, I love Mike. I love Mike I, as Otakawa. It's a really complex character to play, and, like, Mike absolutely yeah. was well-equipped to play a character oh, like this. Oh, absolutely. I was really impressed. Yeah. I was really impressed, indeed. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. and again, uh, going back to the whole, like, remote recording conversation, uh... Mike is based in Texas. It wouldn't so, have been like, possible, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would not have been possible without remote recording, which is like, 
where it's like, you know, like, there are many situations where, you know, I kind of like, where I'd really like to see some behind the scenes stuff or how, you know, things like, for, you know, things like how lives are recorded or how, like, casting stuff happened. This one is where I want to know, I really want to know, like, how Mike got the casting goal for this one. I'm really yeah. curious, too, because this is a very interesting character and it would have been hard to find something that fit. And I'm very, I'm very glad they went with somebody like Mike McFarlane on this one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, because I could, because I could see a situation where you know they might have gone with someone local, like maybe you know a Ray Chase or a Kate Silverstein, someone like that. Yeah. The fact that they got Mike. Oh, that would. Yeah, the fact, Very different. Yeah, the fact that they got Mike for this is just really interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like he he's had a long ass career, but him having a lead role this late in the game is long overdue. Good for him. Yeah. I, I, you guys were talking a little bit before we started recording about who the Japanese voice oh, for yeah. Otakawa was. Who is uh, Natsuki Hayane. And who is that? Oh, good God. Oh, who uh, is he, he uh, not? Uh, Kaneki Ken in Tokyo Ghoul. He's fucking... Uh, uh, what else? Tanjiro. Tanjiro. I he's literally Tanjiro. forgot the name Tanjiro. Fuck me. Uh, let me see. <laughs> He's Falco in Attack on uh, Titan. He's Apare in Apare Ranman. He's the... Oh. Okay. We're, we got... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, uh, if you want a plucky... Basically, if you want a plucky Jodan boy, you usually get Natsuki Hayane these days. And the fact that they got him to gotcha. play a 40-something middling-aged, balding walrus man... Talk to me, Aldini. <laughs> was a crazy, insane casting decision. Again, just, yeah, they got something on the Japanese side. We didn't get it on this side, but we got something just as unique. We got uh, 20-plus year uh, voice directing veteran Mike McFarlane, getting to bring all those years of uh, voiceover experience to the lead role for the first time. And she's still looking through ANN. You bet your ass I have. Gilbert and Maria the Virgin Witch. Okay, please continue. I, I think Jet's description was pretty on. Gotcha. A plucky shonen antagonist boy playing Taxi Gotcha. Walrus Man. gotcha. Staff of O is gone now. So, I think I think that's all. The, please tell me that's everyone in the cast. I, I don't think there's anyone left in this zoo that I mean, we can talk about. I mean, there's a couple others it, we could have gone to, but we, 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 get, we covered the it, major it, players. No, they're not. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we, got, we got all the major ones. But, uh, so, but yeah, man, this was quite a cast. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yes, it was. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, There's a lot of people. So, it good. Yeah, so I guess. Uh, it... Yeah, they show with a lot, but uh, um, but uh, yeah, it's a show I really liked. I wasn't sure what to expect when I like checked out the first episode of the show about a year ago, but I was pleasantly surprised by it, and uh, it kept getting more interesting with every episode. And, uh, to, and I remember, like, I got to know this show, I was like, wow, this is really amazing. This is never going to get a dub. <laughs> and then, and then, and then sure. months later, <laughs> to Jet's shock. Oh, good Jeff. job tempting fate on that say, one. Say that more often. Say that for everything now. <laughs> Jet has tempted fate. Look, I'm, I'm, and he actually succeeded in, in a good thing this one. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Humanity has declined. Ah, oh, this will never get a dub. <laughs> Look, I'm still waiting for a place further than the universe and lays back camp. I believe. I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. It. Anyways. Clap. Clap. Bring that Tinkerbell so, to life. Odd taxi, huh? Hey, puppy. 
you good puppy. Good Odd puppy. Taxi is a good puppy indeed. You are so right, Noah. You have such a way with words. Yes. We also, Odd Taxi is also good mm-hmm. cat on floor. The cat in this was a literal murderer. That doesn't oh, you quite can... work as well. Not this one. He's not. Yet. Oh, you want to say hi, Lily? Okay, hi. so are we on final thoughts oh, now? I don't think that was established. <laughs> As, as, uh, yeah, Let me I go mean, let the puppy uh, out while I you mean, talk. Uh, I mean, I made some game my final thoughts. Okay, I didn't realize that. Okay. Odd Taxi, it good. I didn't know what the fuck I was expecting. The only thing I knew was barebone shit and that, again, Jet gushed and hyped it up all to hell, which is probably for, which is for the best because holy fucking shit. I, I knew <laughs> this one was really high, high regarded. Man, this was a gripping show to watch, and yeah. every time I, an episode ended, I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? I swear to God, when we were watching it together, it's just <laughs> like, we had to, like, I had to physically, like, take the controller from him, be like, Andrew, I have work in the morning. <laughs> we can do one more. Andrew, but we can I do have one more. work in the morning. What the fuck was that cliffhanger, though? No. Sweetie, come on, look, what's going on? I am working at events <laughs> tomorrow night. No. Why, the, why was the body the idol? Seth, we need to keep going. Uh, that was basically how this went for, like, the past week. <laughs> but no. You're like, darn lucky this is single core only. Yeah, thank, thank fucking God. No, but, like... I really love the dub and how it was handled. So it's so fun. It has a wide range of casts and performances that you wouldn't expect, and it just seemed so natural and just fits so well for this weird ass world that we are in for like ninety six to ninety seven percent of the time. And it's just, I just fell in love with this so much so thank you jet for hyping it up so much that i finally watched it this was a really good show (laughs) and i would definitely say the dub was a very hard task to undertake and i absolutely think bill and mike absolutely killed it as well as the team at bang zoom and i would definitely say the entire ensemble of this one is really really strong and pretty inspired in a couple of places go fucking watch it Go watch it. This is yes, this is a, this is a must watch. And if you haven't watch watched it, it already, times. and you're almost what two and a half, three hours into this, we just spoiled everything for you, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <But> also, go, <laughs> yeah, but go watch it anyways. It's still good. Go go watch it for uh, well, what would didn't we not spoil? Um, uh, listen to it for the great music. It's got really good music in it as well. Not just the opening, but the the idol songs, the background mm-hmm. audio. It's all really good audio from music to voice acting. The animation style is nice, too. It's simple. And the style is nice, too. It, the, yeah, it, I wouldn't say it's, like, standout animation. It's, it's pretty... I think it's pretty standard uh, no, yeah, actual, I, like, frame-to-frame movement. That's what I was saying. It's simple yet effective. Ah, yes. You are correct in that regard. Yes. Um, and to wrap up my thoughts on this, um, I'm not a furry, but <laughs> there's I'm definitely a, furry, a piece... But... I, I'm go- okay. You know what? Just admit says, it. Says the just, man who was on the Beastars episode. Just be honest. Just be honest. The anthropomorphized animals can be fucking hot. Just deal with it. Just embrace it. And move on. You do you. I I, I like to go back okay. to church sometimes. Okay. I, okay. I mean. Okay. I mean, if we're being real, I think. Okay. 
Okay, I think animal dobu is hotter than like human dobu. So <laughs> it's okay, like the beast. Fair. It's like the beast from Beauty and the Beast. The beast can get it. Prince man, <laughs> ew. God, get your Bell, fucking shitty chill chin out of my fucking face, you freak! Bring back the fur and the shag carpet. All accurate, all accurate statements indeed, oh. and an element that just adds another layer to uh, how enjoyable th this overall show is. It is unique. It is not like Beastars. Beastars was a very different kind of genre. It, you know, it had some similarities, not just with the animal thing, but this is a chill, uh, laid back, uh, after work kind of show. Like you can watch this in the evening and enjoy the mystery aspect of it to lull you to sleep with its cool, chill vibe and the characters, the varied characters who I guarantee you're going to find at least one character who you relate to a little too strongly. Someone who has some trauma similar to your own and you're like, oh, oh, that's what's wrong with me. Oh, I better not go down this path or I'll end up like this character. And the actors, varied, talented, very uh, passionate about uh, getting this whole thing uh, completed through remote, remote recording and made for, again, one, one of the most standout things that we got in anime. And I love to see this, not just because it's entertaining, but because this is what I want to see pushed for more in anime. It's not like anything else out there, and it makes you want to make your own anime, or at the very least makes you want to seek out new things and remind you why this anime stuff is so cool and entertaining. Hell yeah. I'll say this, I I don't think I want a sequel of this. No! I think it, it, it's fine the way I it guess. is. As much as I would love to know what happens next, it's fine the way it is. I don't think it doesn't need a sequel. I'll, I'll take I'll take the epilogue I, movie, which yeah. has some extra scenes, and I'll call it a day. I'll say that. That's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I did I did briefly like skim through the review for that movie. Apparently, 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 it does like briefly show what happens after that Patsy scene, oh. which I'm not, not sure if I want to know. It's, is it mostly just like a recap movie? Mostly, yes. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's a recap movie that is kind of done as like a series of interviews with the characters. So it's apparently done in a way that makes it more interesting than it would be if it were just like a regular compilation movie. Which that's good to know. Huh. So, oh, it's neat, but I don't know. So, interesting. Okay. okay. Right. So, so dub, please. So take us home, buddy. Jesus Christ! The meter yes. on this one is gonna be brutal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, where, so, where? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, if you would like to watch Odd Taxi, uh, you can watch it both sub and dub on Crunchyroll. Woo! Yay! Yep. Yeah, and and uh, if you would like to follow anything that we're doing, we're the Dubsock Podcast. You can find us on um, YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, the like. Uh, you, can, uh, you can also find us on social media on uh, the... Twitter's, the Instagram's, the Tumblr that is in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> the Tumblr's dead in a ditch. No, he. It, the Tumblr's <laughs> dead in the river. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm just waiting for it. Didn't, <laughs> didn't tie enough cement bricks to it before throwing it in. Yeah, and uh, and, and if you and if you like to support us, uh, you can do it through a one-time donation through our Kofi. or you can be one of our lovely patrons and before Ray and tonight, I'd like to give a chance to some of our patrons. 
In the fight hour tier, we have Megan's Mom and Dad, uh, Michelle Travis, Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, and Mr. Victor Maribona. And in the $10 tier, we have Anthony Brown, Carly Wessicow, Crimson Akinda, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Julie W., Gwenty, and Otaku Anthony. Uh, again, thank you for your support, guys. We appreciate Love it. Love your faces. You're thank all you guys people. so much. Thank you. Yay. Would, would buy you idle CDs and give you ride in taxi. <laughs> I give ride in okay. taxi. Okay, uh, so you got Hi, my name is Andrew, aka Classy Spartan. You can find me over on Twitter at Mongadan9000. If you'd like to hear more of what I'm doing, uh, I'm also a guest at, on the Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA, where we talk about the latest anime news alongside my buddy Jet here. Which, thank you, Jet. Thanks for having me on this one. This one was a ton of fun. Hi, glad to have you. My name, my name's, my name's Jeff, no, uh, <laughs> my name is Stephanie, I'm sometimes known on the internet as Lilac, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E, I have a blog that has been catching, getting a lot of, little dusty, uh, so there's that, I also do stuff on the Twitch, on the regular, over on the Dub Talk podcast, which I usually stream on Sundays uh, in the afternoon doing Animal Crossing and Pokemon Legends Arceus, and then in the evenings with um, my idiot of a boyfriend over here. I'm the idiot. <laughs> we haven't, at the time of us recording... <laughs> Hi, idiot. <laughs> at the time of us recording, we haven't picked the next really long game yet. I, it's my turn to pick, though, and I haven't decided yet, so stay tuned. I'm very glad you guys chose Florence that one night. That was incredibly oh, entertaining it was to watch. Oh, so good. I I'm, loved it. You only showed up for that because we played Freddy Fish. <laughs> yeah, we played Freddy Fish first. Fuck yeah, I did. <laughs> you should pop in the Twitch more I ain't often, denying that. I'd love to. I wish I could, but I... I actually, no, I'm not going to make the excuse. However, uh, I, Noah Clue, am currently busy moving everything I own into a new house. Yay. By the time you listen to this episode, I'll probably have it all moved in. Probably not unboxed, but it'll at least be in the new building. Um, so continue to follow me on Twitter at NoahClue for updates on that or for discussions about animation around the entire world because that's where the real passion for the... good. I don't know how to end this off with... It's very late at night, people. This was fun to record, but dang, it's getting late. Ah, uh, yeah. Mood. Okay, and as for me, uh, I'm uh, you can find me on the Twitter, that's Vindega, or, uh, so, or uh, again, on Serial Resolutions Podcast ONA with Andrew here. And, so, and, um, I'll, and I'm usually just, you know, uh, bye-bye talking about, like, anime news, cartoon news, world news, like, whatever is going on. It's a pretty <laughs> okay time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes. And uh, that more or less wraps us up for tonight. So uh, thanks for joining me for this one. No, thanks for having us. This was, All right, this what, was what's... a fun show to cover. I know you've been Bye. talking about it for a while. And yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Thank you for finally giving me a reason to watch Hot Taxi. Yes. Now, how much do we owe? How much does it say on the meter okay, now? Okay, wait, wait. Uh, we never actually figured out who was going to be paying him for this one. This We're at almost three hours. Was that... How much is that fucking... Shoot. Um... You guys, you guys got At, me covered, let's see, right? Rate of... Cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, get, get no, your no, 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 no
my, my, my check's tight this week. Please, please. And I, I, I just... Oh, oh what, what, what? Do, do I look like the Grand Duchess of Wales over here? Uh, you... Uh, Noah, uh, please, please tell me about how good, um, Russian cartoons are. I would love to hear more about that. Okay, bye, thanks, please! Uh, uh, where, where, uh, uh, where the Noah? Uh, 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 d uh, Don't anybody move! I got this gun right now! I'm, I'm a crazy man, I'll use it, I swear, I swear right now! This is a fun episode. I hope you all people enjoyed this. Have a great night, people. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and a taco. Aloha. Where's my money, Noah? Where's my money, Noah? <laughs>